This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness. In fact, it is fueled by Guinness, smart, because I've just had one in the pub. Uh, powered by celery. And a, sip. Uh, well, a powered by celery, a root vegetable, which might make me better. And uh, tonight, indeed, as Mark says, powered by sip as well. Uh, because uh, I am ill, but do not let that worry you. Um, anyway, this is the show that has definitely been to Hull and back. I think, over the last seven years. <laughs> anyway, I am Stanford Chich, and surprisingly enough, the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast to Hull and Back, Dan. Great title. It felt, like, it felt like that on Sunday for most it of the did. match. Right, OK. Blimey, blimey, blimey. Chelsea do not make it easy on us, do they? Two superb goals put us 2-0 against Hull inside ten minutes, only for some Keystone Cops defending to let Hull back in to make it 2-2. On another day, we might not have got away with it, but thankfully, the boys in blue showed some character, and Remy, the forgotten man, came on and scored the winner with his first touch to bring home all three points. We now need 19 points from our last nine games, and, as Eden Hazard said, it will be like nine cup finals. Something tells me that it won't be good for the old ticker. But that's Chelsea, isn't it, Smart? Absolutely. Expectations are far too high these days, as we know. Well, I know, I know. But how are you? You all right? How are your I'm, expectations? I'm very well. I, I had probably what you've got now over the weekend, but now I'm in, I'm in, I'm in tip-top form. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Nice to see you, as always. And uh, Dan, how yep. are you? Fighting fit. Good, good. And uh, I am not fighting fit. I am struggling on manfully, but, uh, you know, I'm taking one for the team tonight, and that's all you need to know. Now... On the show tonight, we will be kicking off with the ratings for the whole game, and uh, then we'll be asking, amongst many other things, is it time for Zuma to take over from Cahill, and should Remy get more game time? And after all that, we'll be discussing the blatant hypocrisy 
And I think actually shithousery would be a more appropriate word. So I shall use it in the media after Janad's feeble apology for getting sent off for a stamp. And uh, also, we're going to debunk the myth that it's all Chelsea's fault that English clubs are basically performing very badly and poorly in Europe. And we've actually had a discussion in the pub beforehand so that Martin and Dan have an idea of what I'm talking about. An inkling. They have an inkling, they do. Now, uh, to wrap up, we'll have all the usual uh, roundup of stuff. Uh, No Chelsea Chatter stats tonight. Uh, He's gone AWOL, what can I say? Now, don't forget, uh, you can uh, tweet at Chelsea Fancast, and I will completely ignore anything you tweet tonight, of course, because that is my way. Now, tweet it and I will have a look, and I might even read some of it out. But, of course, the best way to interact with the uh, power trio that we have assembled tonight... I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. It's a power trio, isn't it? All the best bands have got well, three. You know that's smart? You so see, you're not doing rotation, are you? you, you you're, not at the moment. If you don't bust, don't fix it. No, no. Well, I think we're down to the bare bones at the moment, as <laughs> Harry Redknapp would say. But uh, I like the idea of a power trio. All my favourite bands have got three in them. Yeah. If we were a band, Smart, what musicians would we play? What musicians would we play? What musicians? What, what instrument? I told you. I tell you, I'm going to say some very odd things tonight because my head is full of weird stuff, I tell you. Well, you'd probably want to play lead guitar. Well, I'd have to be lead guitarist and the vocalist, lead guitar. wouldn't I? So that means basically, out of you, probably play bass. You'd be bass. That means Dan yeah. has to play drums. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't mind. I think it'll work. I think it'll work. We'd be a, we're on three amigos. Chelsea unofficial. Debs has said the three amigos. The fun boy three. The Chelsea pensioners. No, I'm thinking more screaming blue messiahs. That'll uh, be one for the teenagers. No, no. Special ones. Special, no, special ones. Special ones. I like that. That's quite good. I three, like that. the three fivers because we can't afford a tenner. <laughs> I love, I love bands with three people. Anyway, enough. I'm blathering on with nonsense as always. Uh, the point of the, uh, what I was about to say was that obviously tweet us at Chelsea Fancast tonight, and uh, and of course the best way to both listen to this wonderful show live and direct is to go to mixler.com. That's m i x l r dot com forward slash Chelsea hyphen Fancast during the show and uh, tell us what you think about what we're saying about what you think and uh, as I said unlike the old TV show I'm in a much better position to read out what you're saying so do let us know and it will get on air so there we go now without further ado unless these two fine gentlemen have anything to say nothing to say is there anything in the inbox that's worth reading not yet apart from uh, Deb's saying that we should be fun boy three which was interesting Mm. Uh, Yamari, Yamari, or, 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 or uh, Yusuf, as I prefer to call him, says, Dan the Man, I think the band name should be The Liquidators. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, like I like that. that. I like that. Yeah, good, good work. like it. I, I'd be interested to hear what Yusuf says, actually, because I know Yusuf loves, loves his music. So, you know, as I said, I, I love uh, bands that only have, uh, you know, three, you know, uh, power, power trios, as they like the, to the call them. The cream of the music business. Yeah, I really, well, Rush, of course. Cream. Uh, very good. Yeah. Cream, another one. So I'd be interested to hear what uh, Yusuf has to say about that. Now, without further ado, for the second time, we're going to talk about the ratings for the Hull versus Chelsea game. Martin surreptitiously trying to extract a Rizzler from his pouch, doing it quietly, actually. You did quite a good job there. Okay. I did notice that. I do appreciate about it. it. I do notice these things. Right. Whip okay. it out quick. Enough of that. It's too, too early for... Uh, you know, bottom jokes or toilet humour. Right, okay, the ratings this week uh, suitably purloined from the ESPN website where uh, they're not by Marco this week, they're by another guy called Phil. Uh, So Phil, if you do know of us or are listening, I'm sorry that I've nicked your ratings, but that's how we work on this show. They are Courtois, 7, 
Luis, 6. Terry, 8. Cahill, 6. Ivanovic, 6. Matic, 7. Ramirez, 6. William, 7. Fabregas, 7. Hazard, 9. Costa, 8. Substitutes were Oscar, who got 7. And actually, he didn't give Remy or Zuma a mark. Because they, their rule is that if you come on after 70 minutes, you don't get a mark. But I thought, no, bollocks to that. Yeah. Uh, so I've given Remy and Zuma seven each. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will say, before we get into the meat and two veg of this, uh, I did actually think about giving a few of them lower marks than that. Yeah, probably. Like Cahill, Branner, for example. Oh, I thought some of these were a bit generous. generous. Yeah. I, I thought about it. But then when I heard that, um, you know, in the media... Uh, I think it was uh, Dave Kidd from the Mirror or the People. He gave Steve Gerrard four out of ten for coming on for a minute and stamping on wow. somebody. So I thought if, if Steve Gerrard gets four out of ten as a rating, then I'm not going to. I'm not reducing any marks for anybody this week. Quality stamp. So there yeah. we go. Do you think so? <laughs> so there we go. So that's how they are. I'll just whiz through them again. Quarter seven. Louis six. Terry eight. Cahill six. Ivanovic six. Matic seven. Ramirez, 6. William, 7. Fabricus, 7. Hazard, 9. Costa, 8. Subs, Oscar, 7. Remy, 7. Zuma, 7. Uh, first up, boys, um, yet again, yet again, Eden Hazard was brilliant, Ben. Oh, just, just run out of expl- words for me. Every just... week. I, I don't have to change this. No, just I mean, be... In fact, I didn't. I thought... I've actually kept that in from last week. Hazard, brilliant again. I thought his name was Hazard, 9. He's just outstanding. Isn't he? I love him. Absolutely love him. He's just... Can't fault him. Effort. He tackles back. He's tracking back the lot. Yeah. Mourinho's really moulded him into a fantastic player. He's not far away from the top two in the world. I think he's getting closer, yeah. isn't he? I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, he scored a superb goal, which we'll talk about later. But you know, for me, it's not just that. It's not just the things that we get so used to seeing from Hazard every week, which are the the mazy dribbles, the the beautiful passes, the taking people on. The fl- I mean, everything about his game is so wonderful. But as Martin said, I, I just love the guy's effort. He he every week he is the one player who seems to want it more than the others, or as the uh, the far show might say, he wants it, sir. He yeah. wants it, Martin. I think <laughs> he does. does want it. He wants it. He, he, wants he and Aspi are the two kind of standout players. Week in, week out, consistency. Drive. Well, apart from when Aspie doesn't play. Yeah, it's true. I'm just saying generally, you know. Yeah. Over the over the season, those two have been our best players. Aspie's model of consistency. Hazard just superlatives aren't. I know it's brilliant. Isn't it? I mean, one of the things that's really interesting about Hazard is that you know, I think the interesting thing is is that Mourinho's clearly got into his head this year. You know, and I, I I'm not there. I'm not privy to the conversations, but one can imagine that. You know, Mourinho talks to has a, a arm round his shoulder, saying, "I can make you the best player in the world. Yeah. You just have to listen to what I tell you. You stick with me, son, and I will make you the best player in the world." Smart. What does he do when he's done it? How does he hang on to him? He makes him better still. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's very interesting, isn't it? That you know, if you, you can see him going to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Possibly. I mean, FFP will have a big impact unless that gets knocked out of court because yeah, you're going to have to spend eighty million to get him. At least, at least. I know, but as you know, FFP doesn't apply to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Exactly, but government back you. But like he did with Lampard, he, he brought Lampard up to the next level. Yeah. Lampard was very good, but under Mourinho, he became, you know, just 
the player he was. Yeah, but I don't think... Ranieri started that, in fairness. No, but You need to be a bit closer and not so laid back. Ranieri started I know you are laid back. Ranieri started it and he said to Lamps, didn't he, I'll make you the best player in the world. Mourinho did. No, no. Yeah, but Ranieri... Ranieri, you know, that's about as likely as Ranieri making me the best player in the world. You know, and I think Frank knew that, which is why he was as you and I will remember, we used to sit together at the time and we used to call Frank Lampard Frank Lampost. Yes. Yes. Because he was he yeah. was static. He didn't move. He had no idea what he was in, doing. In his first season at Chelsea, yeah. yes, he was. Exactly. Well, he was playing in wide right and he did have the pace and all the tenacity yeah. to be yeah. A year under the uh, the fitness coaches, the Italian fitness coaches, yeah. and he was a different player. That's right. Got rid of box all the to box. Box yeah. to box. But it was, it was Mourinho that made Frank Lampard the player. It was. It was. It was. We, look, we did to Joe Cole. He made Joe Cole a phenomenal player. Yeah. Gave him discipline. The minute Joe, Mourinho left, Joe Cole's game just dropped and arguably he's not been the player since. But the thing, the thing about Mourinho... Well, yeah, he was and, injured too, to be yeah. fair. I think the thing about yeah. Mourinho and Lampard and, and now Mourinho and Hazard is that Mourinho has absolute faith in those two players. And Hazard off the pitch is in the right place. He's married, he's got kids. That is it. As Dan Levine said, it, it's football and family. That's all that defines his life. There's some really interesting comments coming in already from the multitudes of you who are... who are. You have a lot of you in the house, actually, tonight. I shall, I shall name and shame right now. We've got Mo. Mo's back. Had a bit of tweetage with Mo this week. Out the lovely Allison, Shed and Seattle, Mike Harvey, the halves is here. Yeah. Smart. There you go. He's one of the originals, isn't yeah. he? Clive Lewis. I'm just going to say one thing to you, Clive Bollocks, because I know you love it. Uh, not, not, not Bollocks. He likes me swearing. Right. He did tweet me to tell me that. So you looked a bit worried. Oh, it wasn't named at him. No, no, it wasn't. Oh, named oh it's just general. Uh, Nigel. We got the lovely Debs in. Yusuf, as I said, John Hansen. Oh, we got West London. They're in. I wonder if that's the lovely Fran. I do hope so. Anyway, uh, Catherine is, uh, is is in the house too. Steve Hadlow, I'm Steve. Yeah. I, I know I owe you twelve quid. I will, <laughs> I, I will, I will sort that out tomorrow morning. I've been ill all week. Do forgive me. And we've got Angel Horacanis Tropicalis Medina. I have no idea what that means, but it's lovely to have you here. And there's loads of other people too. They're, they're all rocking and rolling tonight. Anyway, one of the things that caught my eye when I, when I wandered over to the Mixler feed was the fact that Mike Harvey said. The fact that Mourinho took Lamps to the next level is why Hazard listens to him. Yeah. Good point. That's a cracking Very point. Very good point. I really do. Right, Angel. I, I presume... Angel or... Yeah, I, I presume, Angel. I presume you're a bloke, Angel. Do correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but you are from Puerto Rico. That is wonderful. I don't think... I don't, in the seven years that we've been doing this show, I've never been aware of anybody from Puerto Rico listening. That is fantastic. Is there any relation of Funky Cold? I have no idea, Smart. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> funky Cold Medina. Medina. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, enough of Hazard. Um, I thought uh, Courtois, what an interesting performance from the sublime to the ridiculous, Dan. I mean, yeah. he made a crap. I mean, actually, that, that save he made from, I think it might have been. It's either. Yeah. First half. Actually, there's a player in Hull, I, 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 but you're going to have to just, just bear with me on this. But why his first name isn't fuck off, I don't know. But fuck off and doy. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just quality name, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, but it was either him or Hernandez, Hernandez. or El Yeah, I think 2-0, 1-0, yeah, he went one on one and Courtois just brilliant save, brilliant save, absolutely brilliant save. Brilliant save. Because yeah. he just he just made himself really it was Schmeichel esque yeah, actually. He didn't commit, so which like, is a compliment. You, he said you shoot, you shoot, and boom. Yeah, it was brilliant. brilliant. So he save. made a couple of really good saves yeah. and then it, that absolute horlicks of a Keystone Cop defending moment. Yeah. But uh, and he came back and made three um, three fantastic saves in the second that half. That triple so. save was, was something else. Three different players, the save from three different players. But the amazing thing was how quick he got back on yes, his feet and faced the ball, 
after he made each save. Unbelievable. Like training ground exercise. It was. It, it was yeah. absolutely yeah. stunning. It was and brilliant. He, brilliant. And he, brilliant. Co- he redeemed himself. Command the box superbly. Pretty mm-hmm. much came for every corner. Yeah. I think with the, with the mistake, he it's caught in two miles. Do I kick it? Do I, you know, take an extra touch? And can you kick it? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, we also we sh- we should also make a point of uh, much as it pains me to say it, but. Uh, Cahill and Branner, I think, in terms of this performance, uh, are definitely on the naughty step. Not one of yeah, the, six not was probably one of the best. Generous. Um, well, I mean, you know why I gave them that mark? Because, I mean, I thought, well, if, if, if you know, if, if Stephen Gerrard can get four for playing less than a minute and stamping on something... He must have got that for that tackle on Matt no, that he didn't get sent off for. You get four for being a media darling, that's guaranteed. That right? Well, we, well yeah. I mean, you know, for those that don't know... Uh, Ivanovic does not deserve a higher rating than Cahill. That's the Hague blue. Well, why not? If, if you're in Mixler, uh, tell me who you are and explain to me why not. He's got the same rating as Cahill. I actually thought, I mean, we're going to talk about this later in the show, so I don't want to kind of, uh, you know, do a bit of premature speculation or whatever the word is. But um, I thought, I thought, I mean, I know that Branner didn't tackle uh, Robertson, was it? Yeah. And I know that. Brandon had a shunky back pass, but it was Cahill that was being exposed time and time and time again, frankly, in the first half. I like the Hague Blue, actually, because he's always saying quite controversial stuff. He doesn't, this is a boy that likes to go against the it's grain. It's no fun in conforming, is no, it? No, I like that. He goes against the grain, and he always digs me out on Twitter about it. I do like that. So there we go. We're doing well so far. We've, we've read things out from Mixler, we've read things out from Twitter, and we've only had 15 minutes. Fantastic. It's more than we would do in a two-hour TV show. Absolutely, sure. yeah. um, Just a couple of other things. I thought um, Remy, um, great to see him score on his, uh, on his, you know, his first, first touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great to see. I thought Zuma, uh, in many respects, came to the rescue. Actually. Made a difference. Made a big Seriously difference. Seriously made a difference. So without further ado, gentlemen, I would like to hear... I would like to hear your nominations for Man of the Match. Are we doing that? We are. You know we are. I mean, that's why we went out for a pint before, Smarts, and right. look at the script. You see? Right. That's called preparation. <laughs> so there we go. So well, who are your three nominations? Well, Hazard's got to be there, because he's always there. Yeah. Um, Courtois for the second half performance. Yeah. But not so much for the first. Uh, well, yeah, a man. Well, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Who else? Oh, Luis had a pretty decent game, I thought. His distribution. You was like, very, you like Luis. His yeah. distribution was very good. Okay. All right. So you go. You go. Hazard, Courtois, Luis. Mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah. Hazard, Courtois, and I suppose JT just for being JT again, kind of keeping the. The car, I'm keeping a real control. I thought, I thought JT had a, had a decent game. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a moot point as to how culpable he was in the fact that our defence were getting run ragged. I think generally I wouldn't blame him for that. Yeah. I think it's it's more to do with Hazard. I think it's more to do with Hazard. Not Hazard. I think it's more to do with Branner and Cahill and also Hull's tactics, which we'll go more into in mm-hmm. a minute. I mean, I, I would go Hazard, Courtois, JT. I, I think JT just about edging Courtois. Oh, fuck it. Excuse my French. I, I, I'm... I'm all over the shop tonight, so you have to bear with me. Costa, actually, because Costa scored oh, yeah. a great goal. He did. Yeah. And I thought Costa actually had a decent match. Extremely good finish, that was. That's a brilliant know. goal. It was. We'll talk brilliant. about that in a minute. So, um, so we're a bit split. Hazard and Quarter. So, I think it doesn't matter that we're split, because let's just go for who we who we actually want to vote for man of the match. I, it, I can't believe it if it it's won't be Hazard. Hazard. Well, it's, it's got to be Hazard, isn't Natural. it? Yeah. He, he was head and shoulders above everyone else, which is quite clever for someone his height. Well, we that's interesting. We've got some split splittage here, as, as I like to see. 
Yeah, we got uh, Deb says hazard, Alison says hazard, Mike says hazard. Uh, Yusuf's got Costa just for the quality of his goal, really. I think that's fair enough. Fair point. I think we are unanimous, though, really, aren't we? We're saying hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it on the website for you lot out there, and you can all have a go. Uh, but we are basically saying it's hazard, and I think that's fair enough. I think you know. I just hope he continues this for the rest of the season. And he scored as well. And he scored. And it was from outside the box. I know, but I hope he continues this for the rest of the season because I think if he does, it will make the difference. Mm. So there we go. Right, uh, after the break, we are going to be talking about the match in a little bit more detail um, and talking about uh, the goals, the Keystone Cop defending and all of that malarkey. Uh, but we will we will not see you in a minute because we don't do that anymore. We will we will speak to you in a minute. That's, mm. that's more sensible. Re- read you in a minute. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast back doing what it likes to do best, which is to not be in front of TV cameras, Martin. I prefer not being in front of exactly. TV cameras. We're back. We're not, we're actually, we, if we were really back to our best, we'd be in a pub drinking while we were doing yeah. So we're but not this is, technically back to our best. This is, this, is, this is a format that people love for a long time. indeed. There'll be more of that later. We Before TV was invented. It was. Back, well, I feel, like, I feel like we've been going that long. <laughs> Uh, but we are back to our roots, and we're loving it. It's great to have you all in here. It's great to be able to actually converse with you on Mixler in, in, in a way that I couldn't before. So there we go. Now, uh, this part, we want to talk a little bit about Help uh, v Chelsea, and I think we have to start off, really, by saying what a fantastic and electrifying start it was. I mean, two superb goals, and, you know, Tell would have approved, Mark. The yeah. tempo was great, wasn't it? They yeah. were up on Atom. Yeah. I thought, when we scored those two goals, I thought, here we go, this is going to be Swansea away all over again. Because we need to slap someone soon. Yeah. It's coming. But it I, thought, I thought it was going to be that. Though. We were yeah. playing Q- like that. QPR will be the slapping. Mm. I'd love to give QPR a slap, literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, but metaphorically? Me- I know. Well, you, I tell you, you have to bear with me. Can you can you translate for me tonight? Okay. If the, if the brain and the mouth okay. completely go wrong, I need you to help me out. Okie dokie. But I thought, you know, I thought, I really did. I thought they started with the right tempo. I thought this is going to be Swansea all over again. And I was well happy for nine minutes. Well, actually, for a bit more than that until they scored. And then came the mad minute and a half. Well, let's talk about the goals first. I Mm. mean, that was a great goal by Hazard, wasn't it? Oh, brilliant goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, Dan, there's something quite interesting about that. Because I remember we had a chat on this very show last week that... um, Wouldn't it be interesting to see Hazard play a little bit more through the middle? Mm Mm-hmm rather than be out wide. And that, for me, was a fine example of what he can do when he runs through the middle. He plays with a fair bit of freedom, though. Yeah. He does come inside. But you know what I mean. Long. I do know what you mean. Rather than, start rather, as a rather than going down the wings and coming inside. But he cuts in so well from the yeah. wings. Be, he does, but mm. he, he just ran straight at them. And, I mean, it was hilarious, wasn't it? They looked like rabbits in the head. Yeah, yeah, head straight ahead, made a little space and bang. But superb shot, yeah. wasn't and it? Fepe threw a free for playing on as well because they came, someone took Kostrat from behind and he played the advantage. Five seconds later, keepers grabbing it yeah, as the back of the net. I thought, really great, great strike. Superb finish. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd just love to see him do that more and more and more. Um, somebody mentioned it on, on Mixler a minute ago, but it was a superb contribution by Costa. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, lovely touch. And I, I tell you what I did notice, actually, throughout the game, I thought that... Uh, and I haven't really seen this a huge amount, but I thought the, the link-up play between Costa and Hazard uh, on Sunday was superb. Smart. Costa's link-up play's been good all season. Yeah. And John Terry said he's got he's a very skillful player. You know, he's, not, he's not just muscle and brute. He's a very technically very mm. good player. You see it a lot. He'll take the ball out of the wings. He'll knock it into someone and he'll just jog into the box. And he's but there I just when he thought needs a little be. interpassing between those two. I, I just noticed a mm. bit of a difference actually than I had than, I, than what I've seen before. I thought they I thought they looked far more. Uh, I don't know. There was good tempo to it, and I just thought they looked more dangerous when they were linking. Can you up. see them as two strikers? Well. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you, I know what you're saying. It's like the little bloke, big bloke thing, isn't it? Mm. Well, maybe. I don't know. I've not already thought about that. I mean, I, I see Hazard as somebody who can... I mean, he, you know, Hazard can play anywhere. I mean, he's that good, isn't he? But, I, you know, I, 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 I see him... You know, f- because he's the only player we generally have in the side that can run out of defence and, and make them shit themselves, frankly... You know, and cut through, and he can finish as well. You're right. He'd be wasted as an yeah. But I, I'm also thinking about the fact that you know, all, all the all the conjecture that we have at the moment is, you know, is Hazard as good as Messi and Ronaldo? Will he be as good as Messi and Ronaldo? And, and you know, that's what you see Ronaldo and Messi do a yeah. lot. You know, I mean, I know that Ronaldo has a reputation of playing on the wing. I mean, Messi last week against City was playing out on the right. They had Suarez going up through the middle. But they all seem to have that freedom, like you were saying yeah. Hazard does, to come into the middle and then just go straight into defence. Now, I think Hazard has, is as good as that, and I yeah. think him do that. They interchange so beautifully through them, you know, and the boss and the front three. Hazard's, Hazard's in the mess, well, coming from deep, mm. running at defenders. It's brilliant. Super yeah, goal. Yeah, ever since we've been playing, it's a couple of seasons <coughs> now, we've been playing this three behind the striker thing. There's been a lot of freedom in that. They, they, they do they move, can move around. Though, yeah, yeah, they do. And I think actually that's what Jose wants. It I creates think. movement as well. It does. It's good. But that said, I, I just thought it was really nice to see Costa linking up, particularly with Hazard, and those little deft touches, mm. You know, which means he's not just like you know, sitting in the penalty area waiting for a pass. You know, He's getting involved in the build-up play and also not being stuck out wide. I mean, you and I were moaning in the pub the other week that he was looking for the ball a lot. Yeah, and he was going out wide to get the ball a lot, and then suddenly you'd find that he'd get the ball, and there's nobody in the penalty area. Yeah. And you're thinking, why the you know aren't you in the penalty area? Mm. But I, I I thought his his link up play on on uh, on Sunday was really intelligent, and I was quite really impressed with that. No, he's a very very intelligent footballer. Talking of Costa, um, that's the kind of goal I want to see from him, Dan. Oh, lovely! I mean, great finish because he like, blinked. I oh, was going back the net, just took it. Wonderful. Wasn't yeah, it? made a bit of space and curled it in beautifully. I mean, he's, he's done it all season. What's that? Nineteen goals now. I've lost count in the league. 19. The one thing that worries me, Smart, is he's behind that odious Harry Kane. He's not actually. Do you know what? I'll take that back. I don't think Harry Kane has has six good months. Let's see what he does in a year. There's too much media jump on the bandwagon. Harry Kane's wonderful. I I know I'll be drummed out of Chelsea school for saying this, but I I do think Harry Kane's a decent player. And as an Englishman, you know, I, I hope he continues to thrive because uh, as an Englishman, I'd like to see him do really, really well. I think people get carried away too quickly, these players. Good player, though, Dan. Costa doesn't take penalties either, does he? They're all no, he doesn't. open play goals. I like to see him be consistent. 
no doubt it's a good player, but I want to see You're a, such a, a curmudgeon, Dan. I know. I was being nice for once. I know, but it's, well, nothing to do with play for Spurs. I just think these players need consistency. You need to see them being really good for a year to 18 months so you can say, you know what, you are a decent player. But funny enough, that, that goal that Costa scored from that fine angle was, was quite similar to the one he scored against uh, in the previous game. Didn't oh, that's a really interesting yeah, point. Yeah. Dem- Dems has made it. It's a cause for concern that everything seems to go down the middle and nothing wide. Oppo defences have got wise. I'm not sure I agree with that, Debs. I think that they do try and go wide a lot. Mm. Uh, I think the problem is is that, number one, uh, they probably don't get quite enough service or support from the full-backs. Because I don't think... You know, you know Branner, I think, is great, but he is not a natural attacking right-back. His delivery is 50-50, as we know. Mm. I think the other thing is... Um, I don't think it's so much that they... That they do everything going through the middle. I think the problem is, is that they go side to side around the 18-yard area, and I blame Fabregas for that. I'm still, to be honest with you, I'm still quite undecided about Fabregas. I'm not convinced yet. He can't fucking tackle, that's for sure. No, you know? and he and he does go a bit awol, and he does. He does always seems to want to play an extra pass. He, in he had a much better theory. game than he did against uh, Southampton, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. much better game. Did on the pass for Costa as well, mm-hmm. didn't he? Well, I was going to say, Dan, actually, in mitigation, I thought he did. And it yeah. was a superb pass. And it's what I've been crying out for for the last few weeks. You know, hit a pass early. You know, get get Costa in. Don't faff around outside yeah. the... And I think it's interesting, isn't it, actually? Because, of course, uh, you know, Jose played him in more of the number 10 role. He was playing forward, you know, because they had Ramirez and Match together. And I'm just wondering if that, that helped him, having said last week that I think he plays better deeper because he gets more space. But I, I don't know. You're saying about Ivanovic is crossing 50-50, but when he gets it right, it is very, very good. I mean, yeah. remember the goal last week? Yeah. Well, yeah. When he put it right on Hazard's head, wasn't oh, it? Oh, superb, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I know what people are saying. I mean, when, you, when, you, when, when we, we play most teams, and most teams are going to be very organised and they're going to have, like, two banks of four in front of us when we attack, and yeah. where do you go? So people say, well, if you're going to have that, then go wide and start crossing balls in. But, I mean, Chelsea haven't really... A had a striker, or B had players you can deliver across. I mean, the you know the old fashioned go down the wing, put across in big number nine, Bosch. Really, since Drogba was at his peak, I'd yeah, say Robin and Duff. You know, we haven't played that way. We just don't. We don't play that way. First goal against Southampton was that. Exactly it, well, it, that. It's unusual. Mm. It's, it's unusual. very unusual. We don't play that way. We, no. It seems to me that the side has kind of gone down this direction where they they you know pass 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 move move move. It's, it's much more yeah. intricate. You know, I'm not. I mean, I, you know, I like direct football. I'll be honest. And it's very often Costa that seems to get it in the wide positions as well. Well, that's you what sort I of said earlier. Yeah, well, you know. he's, he's a furthest forward. The ball's getting over the top. Yeah. He's got to go to. Cutting a long story short, I think I like to see what happened on Saturday. I, I just liked his build-up plan. I liked his involvement then. I thought mm. that was good because the thing is, if you've got players like Fabregas, you've got players like Hazard, you've got players like William. If he's kind of coming more into the middle and playing off them they're going to run past him and you're going to get somebody on the end of it so mm. when you play like that and it works you don't need to do what Martin and I grew up with sorry Dan <laughs> uh, which is somebody bombing down the wing putting in a ball for a big hairy ass number nine to, to bosh it in you know? Nevin to Dixon I was Nevin dead. to Dixon I'm not much younger than you guys are you? you just <laughs> no. look younger oh thank you <laughs> that's a compliment Dan um, bottom line yeah, is cook, after those cook two goals good. after those two yeah. goals or, or, or uh, Hutchinson yeah yeah. Or McAllister to speedy. After these two, two, two goals, it really should have been. Uh, Debs has, has made a, a very surprising announcement here, which I should read. Uh, I love our hairy ass number nine. Okay. 
We do. We have a hairy ass number nine. nine no, hairy ass number nineteen. We do. Number it's a hairy ass number nineteen. Uh, now Alison is having a competition with Debs because she says not as much as I do. Debs. There we go. Right. Um, anyway, the, it should have been game over at two 0 and it tragically wasn't. Largely because Branner and William combined to completely not tackle. I think it was Robertson, wasn't it? Yeah. Dan? Yeah. He could. Who put in a yeah, super missed the tackle for the superb one, ball? Yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. Louis Louise was day daydreaming. Mm. He should never have let uh, El Hamadi uh, get you know. Okay, get in front it was, was blindside. It was pulled. And what annoyed me actually, I saw the high. You know, I, I saw it back on match of the day last night, and it wasn't. It, he wasn't aware that he was there. He kept looking to see where he was, but he didn't get. He didn't get his body in front of him. Didn't anticipate. Afraid. That was a good goal, to be fair. But you know, it could have been avoided. It shouldn't have happened. Brenner should have made much more effort with that tackle. Yeah, because. If he's gone past William, Branner kind of, I don't know what he was doing, he sighed onto the ball, kind of swiped his leg at it, and the guy was gone. And the way Branner was facing, he didn't have any chance to recover because no. the guy was gone. And this fullback is rapid. And it was really poor defending, full stop. Mm. I'd just like to point out at this stage that we're now going to close the uh, Chelsea fancast for tonight because uh, Tony Glover is in the house and I don't want to give him any ideas. <laughs> Tony, good to see you, mate. Right, um, so that was 2-1. And of course, uh, I mean, you know, I thought I didn't realise that the KC in the uh, KC Stadium stood for K- Keystone Cops until <laughs> until I saw uh, that back pass from Branagh, which was a bit shonky, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, minute and a half. It wasn't a great back pass. And but, then Courtois caught in two minds. Do I clear it? Do I? Well, what was he thinking? Because I mean, he, you know, it wasn't. I mean, if that was his first touch, which it was, yeah. it was way too heavy to yeah. go that far. I mean, either you put your foot on it or you boot it into Ray's yeah. head. But he kind of tracked it further than I could kick it. Exactly. He was trying to pass it to... Who was it? It was, was Branner. The, yeah, pro- the was problem Branner, was, yeah. I think the players anticipated that he was going to clear it because there was nobody anywhere near Hernandez because you would have thought like, Branner was facing away from I think maybe he didn't see him or something. Which is oh, no, it was kind of... I think they all assumed he was going to go long, so they were obviously pushing forward to stop the offside yeah. and nobody was facing goal, so there's no, no way anyone could react. Mm. Here's the thing. I mean, I was thinking... I mean, you know, look, the bottom line was... You know, I thought the first goal was a good goal. The second goal was unforgivable. But actually, it had been coming. I mean, we were talking about mm. the save that Courtois made from uh, whoever it was. Hernandez. Wasn't, wasn't fuck off and die. A- Abel. You sure it wasn't fuck it, off no, and die? It was Abel. Okay. <laughs> Ready and willing. It's a shame. I was really hoping it was fuck off and die. But anyway, um, one of the things that I was talking to Martin about in the pub beforehand, mm. and also to the lovely John Proctor uh, during the game, but I had a sense... That uh, as did John actually that we might have been found out a bit recently because the way that Hull played they were like pinging balls over the top as Martin said completely avoiding Matic which I thought was very very smart but really what they were doing is that they were exploiting you know Cahill and Branagh's lack of pace but I think more to the point their, their lack of positional sense and if you've got teams that have got a bit of pace up front or on, on, on the wings we are vulnerable I mean you said it in the pub as well Spurs, yeah. Saints, another yeah. examples of that. Um, well, so, I, th- I, think, I think that's what's happening. Still. I think Hull had done their homework. I think they'd watched the Southampton game and they'd watched the Tottenham game because mm. both those teams did similar kind of things: balls exactly over the top that. and put fast players through. Exactly on that. our not so fast central defenders. Well, there we go. I mean, mm. we're going to talk about Cahill in part three. But do you think? Do you think uh, we're being found out a bit smart? I think, I think the fact that it's now happened three times yeah. suggests you've probably got a point there. So, what do we do about it? Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask Mourinho that one. Well, we 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 managed to in the second half. To be fair, well, 
Zuma came on. He made yeah, a difference. He, he, he did come, he to quite come on until, until late on. Yeah, until right. much later. Ten minutes to go. Or something. He came in to hold it, keep it tight, yeah. keep it at three two. After it scored, yeah. but we we managed better. And I mean, I I just want. I mean, Phil. I was you know Phil was massively engaged on mm. Sunday, as you know. And I was having a bit of an argument with him, uh, you know, on text. And you know, I I felt that if they're bombing down our right all the time and and, and exposing Branner and Cahill, then. Yeah, I mean, because basically Hull play with five at the back, but yeah. the, the, you know, basically they're augmented wing backs, aren't they? Yeah, uh, and they well, are. that's exactly what they are. Yeah, so yeah. I said, well, look, you know, really that means that Hazard and William have got to push onto them and keep them there, mm. and Branner and Luis need to be very, very aware of that. But also Hazard and William particularly need to be coming back with them, you know, and helping Branner out. Now, okay, I know William and Branner were were about two foot away from each other for that first goal and did absolutely diddly squat, but. I think the point's valid, you know. When 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 you know, if you're going to snuff out that threat, then you know your two wide players have to make sure that they're tracking back and absolutely on them. They need to, yeah. Either pushing forward to keep them there, or coming straight back with them. Well, Hazard was coming back. I think that that's my point. I think they did in the second but half. But William normally does. That. William, <coughs> I think maybe had a dozy after. Whether the Ivanovic came too far forward and him and William collided almost, and that stopped, you know, <coughs> allowed the. Robertson to get a pass but quite often Cahill was coming across to the right back because Vanovich was nowhere to be seen because Vanovich was bowling forward Cahill had to come across just after he got when he got well where was Branagh then that's well, what I meant Branagh well, does it, get called out of position oh. you look at our back four it's not a perfectly straight line it's kind of like the left side is fairly good because JT Marshall's as P or Luis very nicely but the right side is all over the place because Cahill just doesn't well Cahill know. has to go and cover for Branagh or they just don't seem you to know that. it's a really good point you're making Dan because basically what you're saying is that Cahill and Branagh defensively have been the weak link all season and I mean the number of goals that have been conceded down our right hand side would bear that out yeah. and I think I think it's the, the reasons are twofold I think that both of them have appalling positional sense uh, I don't think there's any excuse for Cahill to have appalling positional no. sense. I think there is an excuse for Branner to have appalling positional sense because I've said it for many years. Branner is not a natural right back. No. He's a centre back converted into a right back. And, you know, whilst he is very good, and, I, and I, I'm not knocking Branner here because I absolutely love the bloke. I love I the bloke to pieces. But if you, if you can find fault with him, it's the fact that he's not a real right back, so he will go AWOL at yeah. times. So is there an argument here that. that if if Branner is caught out of position, and Cahill has to go out to defend on the wing, is there a, should the defensive midfielder not drop back into, well, that's the, what in, I'm into st- the space? I mean, we're kind of worried uh, about uh, where we started. But, but actually, there's an argument here for Mikel because Mikel would do that. I know he's not fit. But. Uh, well, do you know what? I, I do you know what? That's really interesting, Smart. I actually thought that kind of the perverse side of me was thinking during the game. You know, we've really missed Mikel in the last few weeks. Mm. Because Mikel is Jose's... There will be haters. There will be haters. Sorry, people. Yeah, good point, Smart. But, you know, he's been missing for what? About a month now? Six yeah, must five be. Weeks. Yeah, yeah, there we go. He's Jose's go-to man to Absolutely. shut the game down. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I, 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 you know I, I, I'm legendarily known for being a Mikel hater for the first two or three years of this podcast. But I did have an epiphany and a conversion. An epiphany? I did have an epiphany. Yeah. I did. Um, we'll be having an award about that, um, but you know, I, and I suddenly saw the saw the benefit, and I understood what his re- what his role in the team was, and, and 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 I think it's no coincidence that we've looked a bit shaky recently. Yeah, you know, because you know, I, I don't think Fabregas is suited to that role, even though I put arguments forward for it last week. Uh, I don't think Ramirez is, 
because he gives the ball away too much. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, Ramir, uh, Mikel is a miss, isn't he? Mm. He does do a lot of covering. But having said that, Smart, we've just you know completely kiboshed that argument because they were just they were they were bypassing the midfield, as you said. Yeah, well, they, like... were, they were bypass, bypassing the holding midfielders. They were to a point, but but both the goals came from sort of twenty yards outside the penalty box. Yeah. When um, William and Vanovich got dispossessed, they weren't yeah. kind of. <clears throat> it's, it's difficult. I mean, you knock them down early. That's what you do. Yeah, I mean, you, you think, knock them down early. Arguably, ten year up, we should have put that game to bed. We should have done, um, but should we didn't. But pressing we... further up the field, don't let them get to that position. But having said that, look, you know, I thought we were better in the second half. I think we did actually. You know, Mourinho did sort out a lot of what the problem was. I think, mean, you know, the other problem was that they needed to be pressing. Hull a lot more mm. and actually winning the ball yeah. I mean that, that helps but I thought Courtois we have a lot to thank Courtois for and yeah. I thought it was remarkable that he uh, recovered from such a dodgy you know a lot of I mean he's only what 21 22, 22. Yeah. a lot of kids of that age would have folded mentally after he's that he's mentally very strong I mean, Isn't three, three years at number one from 19 at Madrid in a top league under huge yeah. pressure he's, yeah. I don't think he's got any problems with his mental strength calm isn't he he, he, he sure his face he's like made a mistake onwards upwards I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a save. He doesn't find no it too difficult to make himself big either, does he? No. Well, six because he is five. Big. <laughs> he is huge. And that <laughs> first save. He'll, he'll make mistakes. All keepers make mistakes. No one's infallible. But I, I love the fact that he came back and made you know three match saving saves oh, on the yeah. bounce. Yeah. Uh, within, done within, that, within ten seconds, but he didn't. He didn't mentally go, and I thought that it shows he's got a lot of character mm. and. You know, I'm, I, 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 it was good. Good did, to see. Did you see the vine afterwards? I think Hazard said to Courtois, <coughs> let me do the dribbles. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, no. That's quite funny. Um, all in all, uh, a massive, massive win, really, people. As yeah. I said, I thought not only not only Courtois showed some character, but I thought actually we showed some character. Mm-hmm. Not just to, 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 you know, persevere and get back in the game and then, you know, get the winning goal, but then to hold on. And I mean, okay. There is a strong argument for saying, what on earth are we doing trying to hold on against Hull for 15 minutes? But that, that's how it is. It's, Last season, we'd have lost that game. Very good point, yeah. Mark. It's business end of the season. This team is still evolving. The mental strength is still not quite where it should be. But we won. City had a walk in the park because they were down to 10 men for oh, 89 no, was minutes. Ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Irrespective, wrong man sent off. They had 90 minutes against 10 men they're always going to win it and they, only, they didn't look that convincing we struggle against 10 men yeah yeah PSG West Brom not quite yeah. the same the, the interesting <laughs> thing is though I mean you know City only managed to draw with Hull the other week and actually could have lost that so yeah. Hull are no mugs yeah um, but I mean here's the thing we were talking about this in the pub before you know we're not they're not making it easy for us are they Chelsea I mean you know they should have put that game to bed What's going on? I mean, everything I see from all of the people that I know, love and respect, it'd be interesting to, to, to hear what this lot in Mixler have got to say about this. But, you know, we're six points ahead. We've got nine games left. We only need 19 points. Technically, we're nine if we win our, our game in hand. I don't see any triumphalism going on. I don't see any kind of premature celebrations. Every when, when we went to, when I was following it on Twitter, and okay, I, I know that there are a huge amount of numpties on Twitter, mm. and there's a massive meltdown. But I do follow some decent people who speak some sense. And what I'm really trying to say is that there was no surprise about it. It was like, yeah, you know, this is Chelsea. This is what we expect. It's not going to be easy. They're going to put us through the ringer every bloody week. Blah blah mm. blah blah. What is it about Chelsea, or what is it about us that that expects that? I mean, my feeling at the moment is that I'm not going to. 
you know, feel confident about winning the title until the 25th of May when we've won it. Mm. What is it about us? What is it about Chelsea? What is it about the supporters well, that have I, that kind I, of... I, think I mean, t- Tony, Tony, here we go. Tony's just, sorry to butt in smart, but Tony just says, because we're all shitting ourselves, Chidge, Devon Locke and all that. Yeah. I mean, it, that nails it, doesn't it, in a way? But, but if you think of the team, there's a lot of young players in that team. Mm. Uh, not all of them have won a league before, and they're feeling the pressure. And it's a natural thing. Mm. And I think a lot of supporters are the same. Well, we, we were five years about, since we won it. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, Dan? How many of that current team, how many of that starting eleven, have won the Premier League or a with, league? Well, let's any just, league. Let's just well, just, just Courtois let, Let's yeah. start with who? How many? Let's talk Premiership. It's quite. Let, let, no, 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 no. Let's start with who? How, how many of this team? This team here. Yeah. have won the Premier League with Chelsea. Terry, Ivanovic. Terry and Ivanovic. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's it. it. Two of them. Yeah. Not even Cahill, no. No? No. He's won everything but... You know, two of them. Uh, okay, how many of them have won a trophy with Chelsea? Uh, nearly all of them. The well, no, no, no. Terry... Uh, well, okay. Look, yeah, quite. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, a few of them won the Europa League. Yeah. All right, Atletico Madrid last year. With How many of them haven't won anything with Chelsea, excluding the Capital One Cup? Most of the squad. Yeah, you know. So in other words, I think this is the point that we're kind of making: is that this particular team do not have a track record of winning trophies yes. with Chelsea. Exactly. And cups are—you can get lucky in a cup. You can. It's not the same. I think we're getting there. We're eking out results, as, as Boot said last year. We'd have probably lost that or not got the three points. We're getting there. You know, six You're right. The best team will win the league, but yeah. the best team doesn't necessarily win the cups, mm. exactly. or particularly the Champions League. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But I mean, I, I think the other thing that, that, that kind of you know, I think I think mentally, you said this earlier on. Uh, I don't think that this team is as mentally strong as the other Championship winning Chelsea teams that I've seen in the last ten, fifteen years. I think they're arguably bigger personalities. In. Mourinho's first time yeah, like Essien was a massive yeah. personality yeah. Balak people like that those are huge yeah. they were Balak come. national captains for yeah say. and we had like do you have one session like six national captains, captains of the Deutsche Mannschaft we've got a team that's evolving yeah. it's not the same team that won the back-to-backs so we're, we're getting there this, this as I, say, I said last week win it the season we're going to kick on I think we're going to be we've got a team to dominate it, for the next five or six years it'll be a massive confidence boost for this bunch to win the league this year and we'll be hard to beat next year if we do I think Smart that's really important and I, I think it absolutely hits the nail on the head and I, I actually think that you know every, everything that you see about Jose Mourinho at the moment tells you that he's also shitting it too because I think there's an awful lot of pressure on him to deliver the Premier League this year mm-hmm. I think he knows that this team isn't perfect I think he knows that this team is still mentally quite fragile I think he knows that the team has got its vulnerabilities and I think he knows that he's just got to coax them over the line. Uh, whatever else happens, we have to win the Premier League this year. Even if we win it on goal difference, it doesn't matter. Because, as Dan said, if we do win it this year, suddenly that the whole uh, evolution of that team will, will just explode, I think. I think another factor is that Jose's only used 22 players in the league this year. Uh and there's only about probably 12 or 14 that he has full confidence in. Uh, so there's, there's a certain lack of depth in the squad. Mm. Hang on, I've just seen, you know me, if I see somebody who disagrees with me, I suddenly think I've got to like go back and find out what it was they said. Sorry, smart. Like, I don't know how to scroll up on this bloody computer. It's very, maybe it's this. 
Bear with me, people. It's almost like a throwback to the studio days. And then he goes, I can't find it. But Alison disagree with me. I don't know what about. But there are some very good points kicking around here. Tony just made one. It's the weight of expectation as well. Mm. Plus the potential rivals are more in evidence and it's harder now than before, I think. Mm. We raised the bar on 0405, but now we're just trying to show we can meet the bar. We've been in catch-up since Carlo left. That's a really good point. Yeah. Mm. Uh, West Londoner says, given that we are such a young team, I think it must be particularly tough for them that if they put a foot wrong, the crowd starts whining and yelling at them. It can't help. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But I think on the other hand, I think if you're a good professional, you, you, you don't hear that. Yeah. You but know. you made this point, Chish, when we were talking in the pub, but, God, the, the, the character assassination that happens on Twitter oh, and, bonkers, uh, during the games. Absolutely I'll bonkers. sell everyone, change the team, sack Mourinho. What's, just what's going on? I, I don't know what it is. It's like a mass outbreak of bedwetting occurs for mm, two bedwetting hours. Bedwetting. Like I mean, it, it is just, you know, somebody who's training to be a psychotherapist, it's almost like a case study. I mean, you know, what, <laughs> what is it about these? What is this sense of entitlement or this belief that you're so right or wrong? It's just absolutely... It, it's, it's, it's mental, literally. It really is quite frightening. But does that oh, off? no, Tony's come up with an even better one than me. The Twitter nappy shitting brigade. <laughs> nappy nappy <laughs> fillers. Yes, the yeah. nappy fillers. Fellas, <laughs> where, where we are now, nice and other teams will want to be in. They would. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a superb point to end it on. Um, now, after the break, we're going to be asking some very interesting questions on the back of uh, what we've just been discussing. To wit, uh, does Brenner need a rest? Should Remy get more game time? Is it time to start Zuma in front of Cahill? All those very interesting, or not. Well, Zuma came on in front of Cahill. Well, yes, I know, but I'm permanently <laughs> twat. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will hopefully be answering those questions in a minute or two. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I am Stamford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. And we are now in part three, and it's whizzed by tonight already. Um, and. Uh, and Steve Hadlow has just said, did I hear Chidge can't get it up? Uh, you did, Steve, but not in that sense. Don't get too excited. Uh, I've got a brilliant tweet from The Hague Blue, who is clearly... Uh, he's li- I don't even, he, well, he's listening. Is clearly. he on fire tonight? Well, like, he is, he is. He's listening, but he's not on Mixler. Well, unless he is, and I don't know who he is on Mixler, but he's clearly listening. But he says, our attacking corners are so poor, let's not go down oh, that road, because uh, Martin and I will, be, will spend the next two hours moaning about that. But what he did say, which I thought was really interesting, is we took 12 leads this season without winning the game. It's a learning curve, but we'll get there. I think that's kind of an interesting pick-up from what we were talking about in part two. But we are now in part three. Uh, and I think the first question I need to ask, and, and I, I must say, I read Dan Levine's column uh, in whatever it is he writes for, and I, I've nicked most of it because actually he made some really good points. Fulham Chronicle? No, not, it's not the Fulham Chronicle anymore. Huh? That doesn't exist. It's something else. Uh, but anyway, basically, does Branner need a rest? I mean, I think the point that Dan made, which I quite agree with, is that he has been off the boil for a few games. And I think the other point is that Aspie could come in and, and, and you know, if Louise is going to play left back, yeah. then why not play Aspie right back in his true position, Dan? What do you think? I think it's a very fair point, but Branner is one of the, the soldiers that Jose trusts, so whether he's going to be brave enough 
or willing to drop him remains to be seen. So you're going to pick the eight or nine untouchables. Bram has, irrespective of form, seems to be one of those that he won't drop. I think, you know, you know, I'll bring Martin in on this as well. I, I think it's a very moot point, actually. And I, I, I was quite surprised by Dan's column because it was a bit reactionary. And it kind of smacks to me as a kind of a more intellectual meltdown than you get on Twitter. Mm. Somebody has a bad game. Sack them off! Sell them! Don't want to ever play for Chelsea again. I mean, for Christ's sake, these guys are human beings. They can have an off day. I mean, even the most loyal supporters of the Chelsea fancast would recognise that you know there may have been one or two shows where I haven't been quite as good as I normally am. Even me. Don't believe that, do you? You, you don't believe that? <laughs> Well, tonight's no exception. Well, there, you there you go. go. Yeah. But no, in all, in all seriousness, <laughs> you know, Branagh had a bad game. But, you know, yeah. he has more good games than he has bad games. He does. And people seem to forget that about two months ago, he was our best player for about three weeks. Mm. Beginning of the season, he was knocking goals in for fun. Well, and then he had that spell, didn't he? The Liverpool game and yeah. the European game, you know. Well, two weeks ago. Well, maybe Cahill's a weak link, not Branagh. Do you know, I grew up in a family of five, so there were three kids, and I was the eldest. I had two sisters, still got them, funny enough, but anyway. Um, and I used to always say to my, my sisters, because I think my mum and dad used to take it in turns, you know, week by week, who was the one on the naughty step, basically? Yeah. Who, who's, whose week was it this week to get the shit, you know? And I think that's what happens with supporters and Chelsea players. It's, it's Branner's turn this week. It was Cahill's for about Branner's two months. Yeah, he's it this week. Frankly, I... I, 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 I you know, I, I'm with Dan here. I think Jose absolutely loves. Uh, um, I mean, Alison's just made a good point here. He was up for Player of the Player of the Year a month ago. Quite. Yeah. I think people have very short memories, but Jose, tr- there are players that he trusts, and we actually just said a minute ago, didn't we, in part two, how many have actually won the league with Chelsea before? Yeah. Well, there are two: John Terry and Brenner Ivanovic. Yeah. I rest my case. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I and I, th- I think you're right, Smart. I think that, that Jose will carry on picking him for the rest of the season. I don't think that he'll get... Having said that, no, nothing wrong with Asby. Asby can well, more than do a job as right-back. He's brilliant at right-back. Well, that's his natural position. Yeah. He's a superb player, man, yeah. isn't he? And I, yeah. But, I mean, you know... I, and Dan was saying earlier, he's actually, now that now that Mo Salah's gone, he's the quickest in the squad. I think the only criticism, really, and we were talking about this again in the pub, we should do this before the show every week. Smart, a brief, a pre yeah. briefing in the, the pub. show, we yeah. come up with a bit of genius. But yeah. I think the one thing that we were saying was that if you can level a criticism at Jose this year, it's the lack of rotation. Although I know everybody says that as soon as he rotates, everybody starts moaning about yeah. the rotation. But there may be some tiredness creeping in. He has pretty much got his best 11, and he doesn't seem too keen, really, to break that up, and I just wonder if oh, that that fatigue might tell. Phil Neville, of all people, made what I thought was quite a valid comment on the commentary that I heard of the game uh, was that Ferguson used to rest his top players during the early part of the uh, after uh, in you know January February, so that come the business end of the season they were all in top form. Well, I was going to say what I what I heard not the same thing but I've, I've often heard this said that Ferguson would know what team he was going to pick albeit you know accounting for injuries but he would know the team he was going to pick four, five, six matches ahead Yeah. so he would always he would have you know, already pre-picked the team to take on whoever he's playing six and probably more than that probably months yeah. ahead you know and I, you know whatever one thinks of United and, and Ferguson I think I mean I love Brian Clough I mean uh, Brian Clough's Probably my all-time favourite manager. Never had. But I, I like Clough for all of the 
obvious reasons. Mm. He was a big, big head and a gobshite, and mm. the kind of things that I, you know, that appealed to me, you know. Mm. But I think when when it, when, it, when all of a sudden, Dunn Ferguson's the best manager of my lifetime. Yeah, for what he achieved, yeah. you know, quite phenomenal. And 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 what what he, the way he psychologically dealt with his his players and everybody, really superb manager. You, you, you could probably, I mean, it's a bit before my time, really, but you could probably say the same of Shankly and Matt Busby and people like that. But and Paisley, Paisley, yeah, Paisley won something like uh, twenty-one trophies in nine years. Hmm. That's quite phenomenal, hmm. you know. And actually, at a time when actually I would, you could argue that there was probably a bit more, uh, the, the playing fields were a bit leveler. Well, they still had the Moors money, didn't they? They still had the Paul's money, Liverpool. Yeah, but in those days, you know, any one of six teams could win the yeah. first division. It was, it was very And they were also playing a lot more games than anyone else. Shit pitches. I'll tell you what, you know, as a complete aside, um, I, I've been kept because I've been home in Winchester all week feeling bloody ill. I want more sympathy, people. But thank God for TiVo. Because I've discovered that they've been rerunning uh, the big match revisited <laughs> from, from uh, they're doing 1979. And... Uh, because I was bored and not feeling very well. I've been watching quite a few. We were in the second division then. We were, yeah. Uh, the Brian Moore was very upset uh, last week because uh, they, they covered a West... Uh, um, no, we weren't. We were getting relegated that year. Did we get relegated? Because no, he was talking about it. Because they had a relegation... He had a relegation <laughs> battle and then he mentioned, and of course it would be very sad because another London side looks like it might go down. He mm. was talking about Because Brian Moore, I think, was actually a Chelsea fan. Gillian. Well, I think he had a soft spot oh, for maybe, Chelsea. Yeah. But anyway, the thing that struck me most, yeah. which is the point of the discussion, was how absolutely shit the pitches were. Oh, terrible. They were yeah. awful. Big, heavy balls, water. Yeah. Well, well, the balls weren't bad. that bad. The pitches were... Well, a lot were heavier than the balls are using it. Well, they, they were a lot heavier, that's but true. But people wore proper boots in those they days. They did. With studs the, on. But Martin, black. the pitches were atrocious. Mm. Dreadful. But there we go. Anyway, a little bit of a trip down memory lane. Um, right, uh, Remy. Should Remy get more game time? Um... I, I like Remy. I like uh, I like his attitude. Actually, you know, I mean, there was a bit of talk, wasn't there, in the press the other week about he's not happy being on the bench and he's going to jog on in the summer. But um, that is what you want from a substitute coming on. Jose goes in his ear, go and get me a goal. He comes on, first touch, bosh, he scores. How many times has he done it? And he's done it a lot, exactly. Yeah. You know. Well, Mourinho himself said he deserves more games than he gets, and, and that's absolutely right. Well, then put him in more, do- Jose. Well. Yeah, but then at the expense of Costa. I mean, if Costa is injured, then he might get some game time. And Remy did a job. Yeah, or do you or do you play him as one of the, the front three behind Costa? He's got the pace. Well, he? I think he's got that versatility, hasn't yeah. he? But I think he certainly can do a job. And uh, I, like I was really pleased to see him score. I just like his attitude. I mean, he was, he was interviewed afterwards. You know. And for me, he said all the right things. He, he's, he's really frustrated about the fact that he has to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a player saying I'm happy sitting on the bench. He said it. He said, I'm really frustrated on it, but you know, I know I'm here to. Do, you know, I know that what's going on, and you know, if they call on me, I'm here to do a job. And he did it. Totally. Yeah, he got the winning goal. Three very vital points. The interesting thing as, as well after that was that I, I, I heard that. Uh, that Jose was, uh, as, as Juice has made this point actually, he said, I'd love to see two strikers up front, but I don't know what sacrifice we'd have to make further down the back. But apparently, um, Jose was planning on bringing him on uh, with Costa, yeah. but Costa had to limp off. I yeah. know you were saying Quadrado was warming up as well. Well, that was after the goal. Yeah, no, no, just before the goal, Quadrado was warming up. Uh, and then when we scored, 
Burgess, they changed it and he brought on um, Zuma. Zuma instead. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, so I mean, you know, he's thinking about it. I, I would like to see two of them, two of them playing up front as well at, at some stage. But uh, it's been interesting stuff to see. I mean, I, I wonder a if Costa's hamstring is going to keep him out beyond the two week break we've got. He's been carrying that most of the season, hasn't he? Mm. He's had it since the World, since the Champions League. Mm. I think excellent timing by Jose to, uh, no pun intended, pull him off just before the international break so he can't play for Spain. I think he's, uh, he's in with the Spanish medics at the moment. Yeah, he's going to be uh, checked by them and then we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I hope there'll be no Spanish practices going on there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just wonder, I, I, wonder, I mean, you know, it was a bit obvious, you know, mm, international break coming up, Costa, mm, okay, let's whip him off for the hamstring. Yeah. Well played, Well, Jose. he played his part. He was holding the back of his leg when he well went Well played, off, Jose. I, yeah. well, I, I can do that after I play on Thursday night. I'm like, you still play football, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I always see your Facebook posts. I need an, I need three players for, yeah. for a team tonight. It's like, it's like, like trying to organise the bloody podcast, Dan, I feel for you. Um, here's the question. You know, will Remy be here next year, Smart? Well, frankly, I hope so. Yeah, I see. What, what, what's he done to make anyone want to get rid of him? And, and if we'd get rid of him, what are we going to replace him with? And you've got to think Jogba's going to... Drop out. Yeah, yeah drop will go. This will be his last season. On to coaching. He'll come as a coach. Yeah. I'll be surprised yeah. if he's number two next season. Play a coach, I don't know. Yeah. Window liquor, maybe. No, I like I like to keep Raymond. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I, I, I like Raymond. Like he scored goals. It's level for Newcastle and those Muppets down the road. Would you, so it, if you keep Costa and Remy and we have to get somebody else, um, do you think we go and buy a, buy a big name or do you well, think Bamfordino will come in? I like to see Bamford get six months. Well, first half of the season. To see if he can cut mm-hmm. it, and if not, then we load him out in January. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about this Icardi, Italian Icardi, 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 Icardi. I don't know what his name is. Fashion. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Yeah, yeah. nice jumper. um... (laughs) Oh, very good. Very good. 
I don't know who that is. Who's I think that? he plays for one of the Milan clubs. Maurizio Riccardi. But he's hardly a big name, then, is no, he? No, but he's meant to be quite a decent 22-year-old player. But I mean, this is the difficulty, isn't it? I mean, I, this is what I can't understand. There are other clubs that can seem to have like three or four you know, top-notch strikers. Well, we, we had Project Torres for three and a half years, which yeah, kind of... That's why we didn't get... Yeah. But anyway... But boys, you, know, so you bring someone else in. We need three what, top strikers. What, what guarantees that he's going to be any better than Remy? I mean, Remy's proved well, I, he can I, do I, the I, job. I know, I, I accept that. And, and yes, Remy can do it in the Premier League, and that's very important. But you know what I'm saying? You know, really, really top teams seem to have three, you know, top-notch strikers, but we don't. Oh, Liverpool don't? Well... They they have had at times. Man United oh. have had, you know, oh, yeah. even yeah. Premier League teams yeah. have had three or four and managed to keep them all happy. Yeah. There seems to be something that says we can't have three or four world class strikers because we can't keep them happy. We, we seem to have to have this kind of hierarchy of strikers at Chelsea mm-hmm. for some bizarre reason. I don't get why. You know, why why can't we have three world class yeah. strikers? I agree. I mean, next season, if you we know, we need them if we're going to win the Champions yeah. League. Fifty games next season, Costa, Remy, and one other. They're going to get. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it going to be Bamford or is it going to be another well, world class? I'd certainly like to see Bamford have a go at it. He's been scoring goals for fun, hasn't he? Well, I mean, I think we're coming up later on. Aren't we? We talk about Loftus Cheek, so we're always putting <coughs> that point up there. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. To be honest, I don't know the answer to it, boys. I'm just putting as Adrian Don't I'm just putting the question out there. Yeah. Just put the question out there. But I, know, I know. I know it's the Championship where Bamford's been scoring goals, but he's playing for one of the top teams and he's scoring against the top teams. In, the in fairness, he's so. done it for. He's done it. MK Dons. He's done it for Derby, Derby. last season. He's yeah. done it for. But can he do it this season? Can he do it on a sunny, warm night in the Camp Nou? <sighs> That's a main mm-hmm. question. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now talking of youngins, Martin, as we were. Um, I'm, you know, Cahill had a bit of a shocker first half. I mean, I think he had a decent second half, to be fair. Uh, Zuma came on and and I thought played brilliantly for the few minutes that he was on. There was a particular so tackle he made on somebody that he nearly put yeah, him into Rose. I love that. Right, I in, love. right into the game. Um, Bang. But Zuma, you know, just doesn't put a foot wrong when he comes on. And he just looks very at ease playing for Chelsea. I think he's been incredibly impressive nearly every match he's played for yeah. us. We were talking earlier on, Smart, about the fact that JT, um, you know, throughout his Chelsea career, has nearly always had, as his central defensive partner... A Gallas partner, or a Cavalier. Yeah, a Gallas a or a Cavalier. Pacey. A pacey centre-back. Whereas Cahill is, is I think, uh, you know, a similar style of player to JT. Uh, I would say half as good as JT, to be honest. But he's a similar style to him. And if JT's going to get another year, maybe two, should we not be thinking to partner him with, with somebody who's pacey, like Zuma or Varane? And, you know, should Zuma come in now for Cahill, Dan? What do you think? I think they're good enough to bring him in. I think JT will get another season, whether he's going to be playing 30, 40 games, I don't know, because I don't know if his knees and back will be up to it. But it's, it's a chance to regenerate, and if you could give Zuma three, four months alongside John Terry only getting enhanced his development and his overall game because John Terry, Desai, yeah, at the end of Desai's well, career. I, I'm, I'm, you, you see, you're, you, you, hang on, I can't remember in the pub we were having the row about it. You you are saying definitely bring Zuma in now, bollocks to Cahill. I think yes. I think Ke- Not that Zuma, I would hate to put words in your mouth. No, no, I think, I think Zuma deserves a chance. Kate, whether Cahill's clearly dropped his game from, from where he was and maybe dropping for a couple of days might just do, do the world of good. Zuma comes in, hasn't put a foot wrong, and Jesse's not afraid to, to make mistakes. And if Cahill's not one of the untouchables, 
Zuma's, Zuma's what, 20, 21, 21. Years old? 21 years old. He's just been called up to the French senior squad. Fair play to him. Congratulations on him too for that. You've got Branner that can play in that position. Um, that what, 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 who else have we Callis Christensen? Callis is on loan. Christensen's probably not ready. That game in Liverpool in the second leg of the uh, semi final, he was outstanding. He had Sterling in his pocket mm. for most of the match, yeah. didn't put a foot wrong, really just very composed and very assured. I, thought, like, I love Dan's point. I've got to say, Smart, but you you wouldn't agree with that. You're, you're still saying, hang I, on a minute. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell Cahill. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't sell him. I mean, my, what about my, for the last nine games, though, Smart? Would you bring in Zuma above him or what? Oh, I don't know. I'd probably do a bit of a rotation. If we've got the right money for Cahill, I'd sell him uh, personally. Or well, maybe maybe we play Zuma in that midfield. No, midfield I don't role. think he'd get no, found I out. I don't think he's he, he did a job short term. You can't put him there. He's, he's a centre half. He's a centre half. I'll be honest with you I'm really torn between this and I, I think a lot of it is down to the fact that I'm a sentimental old softy I know you like listening on mix and I just can't believe that I'm saying that but it is true and I've got a lot of love for Gary Cahill not least because he's English uh, not least because he's you know he's done it for us on innumerable occasions <laughs> but I think with the unsentimental view and seeing what I'm seeing at the moment I just think when you've got a player like Zuma I mean, the, I think the comparisons of, that Dan's alluding to are fascinating about when John Terry broke into the side. And basically, I know he did. I mean, I mean basically, that, that was why LeBerf went. Yeah. Mm. LeBerf had won a World Cup. He'd yeah. won, won cups with Chelsea. He was an absolutely superb defender. But he wasn't. He took a mean penalty. You know, it wasn't to say that, that John Terry booted out. No, in terms of the learning curve with Desai. He, he, he played yeah. with Desai before Desai decided, you know what? I've got to go because you know John Terry's good enough, and I'm getting old. Yeah. But uh, it re- it was really LeBerth that Terry supplanted. I think mm. fine. So I think if you look at it in in the harsh, cold reality yeah. of whatever, maybe maybe you know maybe you need to put Zuma in now, and I think maybe getting to learn off Terry while he can. Yeah, you know because Terry isn't going to be there forever, and I think you know moving forward, uh, what Martin was alluding to. Which is, well, will Cahill therefore go in the summer? I, I kind of hope not, actually, because I, 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 I think he's great. Yeah. But you know what? I have a real. I, I called this in January when I was asked to do a, a blog on transfers, and because I, I care not one jot for transfers, I actually have to do some research. And uh, I will be amazed if we don't sign Varane in the summer, because I know that um, Jose absolutely loves this guy. He's the guy that brought him into Real Madrid when he was 20 years old. Great player. That tackle, I watched the game last yeah. night. He made an outstanding tackle. He's a superb defender. He's already one of the best in the world. Yeah. And, of course, him and Zuma will be the you know, central defence pair for France for many, many years. I will be amazed if we do not buy Varane in the yeah. summer. And I think if we do, that will probably be bye-bye Cahill. Which is a great shame because he's a great oh, yeah, club and I love him to pieces. Very interesting to I hear. I seem to remember him playing pretty good game for us. In, there's some, there's uh, in, some in, absolute in, sorry, in, in the Allianz in the 2000. Or maybe dropping Kale for three, four games will just get his head back into where it should be. Yeah. What uh, dip, a, is it? Just a dip in form. It's been a, quite well, a long dip, be, but you know it could be. But I think I think you know he does have limitations as well as we know that. There's some absolutely amazing stuff coming at me from. Uh, from Mixler here but before that uh, we're going to have a little uh, I hope we can do this every week I'm going to encourage this particular person to do this but in the middle of the show I get a text which is a joke uh, and I'm going to encourage this I like this it's a new feature but of course it's from our mate Phil Psycho Norman Uh, and he says inspired by Pele Steven Gerrard is making his own Viagra 
you only last 38, 38 seconds, but you never come first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phil. That's made my That's very good. Now, there's absolutely loads coming in on, on Mixler here, and I've just got to read a few because it's really sparked a bit of excitement, the whole Cahill. Uh, right, okay. Tony's excited. This is what I like to see. What exactly has Cahill done wrong lately? Sorry, but he's becoming the new Mikel with some fans. He's not been at fault for any goals, and yet everyone wants Uber. I think the point we were making, Tony, is that we absolutely love and adore Cahill, but I think we recognise what we're seeing in Zuma, and I think what we're seeing in Zuma is something very, very special. I, I, I kind of hope that we answered that, you know, your point yeah. fully after that. Um, Alison, uh, no, hang on, Mo says Zuma all day, every day. Uh, ultimately, it's the, it's the badge in the front, not the name on the back. Mike Harvey says Cahill in the big games and Zuma against the lower teams. Well, they're all big games now, so that kind of negates that point. It does a bit. Uh, Sorry, Mike. That's more like it. Let him cut his teeth more. Cahill's played as well as JT lately, as according to uh, Tony. Uh, Deb says, I agree with you, Chidge, 100%. I'm going to basically vet all the tweets like this and only read them out if they say that first. <laughs> uh, I agree with you, Chidge, 100%. I love Cahill, but Zuma is a top man right now. He's big, decisive and reliable. They're all having an argument amongst themselves here, of course. Typically. Yeah, as Alison says the centre-back pairing is too slow. Well, I think we all know that. Yeah. West Londoner says, can't believe Chidge just said moving forward. What, what, what's, what's wrong with that? We're talking about backs, not forwards. Uh, okay, I don't know. Maybe I've, I missed that one. Uh, Mike says, off topic, but don't get rid of KLT quickly. There's talk of changing the homegrown rules to require more of them. And the lower the age requirement. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, okay, Tony says he's finally agreed with me. I agree with you, Chidge, but you're wrong. You have to read that out now. <laughs> you bastard. You got me hook, line and sinker there. I shall now ban any more Mixler posts from Tony being read out by me, even if he does use, I agree with you, Chidge, but you're wrong. Right, um, last bit of this thing. We've got a couple of minutes because we've been waffling on um, quite rightly, actually. Some very interesting questions. But a quick one about the ute. and uh, The youth. The youth. Youth, youth, youth. <laughs> Uh, but Jose was uh, very interesting uh, talking about the youth this week. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek, in particular, who followed me on Twitter weirdly this week. Not, not the media account, the real one. Well, I think it was. Has the real one got a blue tick on it? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't get followed by the real one then. I believe so, yeah. There's a moody one going about. The moody one followed yeah. me and then unfollowed me, so. Well, apparently he came out and said, Gutty didn't get on, and everyone starts retweeting it, and then someone goes, This is a moody account. Okay. Not the real one. So I think I got followed by the moody one. Yeah. I probably am followed by moody, the real one. Moody loved his cheek, his brother. Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Um, yeah, anyway, so Joseph was talking about uh, Loftus Cheek this week, and I think he was saying that, you know, he would love to. I think the talent of his argument was he would love to play more kids, but uh, he can't. He just feels he can't risk them in important yeah. games. Um, when can he bring them on? Because it is that tight and it is that difficult. And and it just kind of got me thinking, really, because you know this isn't a case of the usual kind of Twitter madness. I mean, I know a lot of people who are our age smart. You, you go on saying they want to see young players come in, they want to see homegrown players coming in, and. They get all very excited and it's all about, we want to see them play. And it just occurs to me, all right, if you want to see these youngsters play, are you prepared to risk us winning diddly fucking squat this season? Because no that's good, what it means. Because it's no good bringing them on with five minutes to go when you're 3-0 up because they don't learn no. anything from that. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I kind of understand, you know, I kind of understand where Jose is coming from. He is not prepared to take that risk. He's not prepared to risk us not winning a trophy mm. by keeping... 
us all happy by playing a few yeah. youngsters, is he, Dan? I mean, I'll say something controversial. He said beginning of last season <coughs> that Chaloba would be Chaloba for one for this season. I want him to play just so I can sing that at the bridge. Yeah, Chaloba I, I don't think he rate, I don't think he's got confidence to play kids. I think he's saying what he's saying to keep the academy juiced and motivated because he did say last season Chaloba would definitely be involved, and Chaloba's had two loans and not getting rid of the first team. So now whether he doesn't rate them enough. I mean, yeah, there's some great, great youngsters out there, but the step up from under 18s and under 21s to the top of the, the tree where we are is, is, is huge. I mean, it can't compare. You know, it's all very well doing really well, you know, against fellow 18 year olds who play for Preston or wherever, but coming into the big leagues, you've mm. got to be really outstanding. Because if, if these kids were good enough, they'd play. You look at Messi, you look at other young players who've come in, if these guys are good enough, they'll be in the team. Mm. I'm really a real believer of that. Joe is on the training ground that. Loftus Cheek or whoever has got that ability, they'll be in the team. I have no doubts. Well, you know what, Dan? I mean, I, I think he gets a very hard time, Jose. And I, I you know, I, I think, I think basically it, it comes from a very emotional place, Smart. And I think particularly our generation are a bit guilty of this. You know, we grew up. Um, I mean, you know, we have such misty-eyed memories of. I mean, Eddie, Eddie McCready's team, which was full of youngsters. And were brilliant actually that year. I mean, I'm, I'm not old enough, and nor are you even, to remember Doherty's diamonds. But it was no. the same kind of thing there. But it's, it's like that whole kind of misty-eyed time that we have for we all loved and fell in love with Chelsea when we were absolutely shit. When we had lots of youngsters playing for us, but everybody seems to forget when we were shit part. You know, there was a reason why we didn't win anything because we didn't have any decent players because we could all we could do was play the youth team. and every time yeah. anyone got decent they'd be sold and every, yeah. exactly every time yeah. they got decent they got sold and I think there is this kind of weird misty eyed bonkersness going on and you know I want to I want to see Chelsea win stuff because I had enough of 27 years without mm. us winning yeah. anything yeah. you know and, and I, I do love seeing some of the best players in the world um, I guess I'd love to see homegrown players coming through but I think Dan's absolutely nailed it there We've got Jose Mourinho, who is the best manager in the world, and if he thinks the player's good enough to play in the team, he's going to play him. Yeah. So if any of those kids do get in and play for the team next year, it's because they're good enough. But and it, actually, that's the only criteria look, that matters. Zuma's only a year or two older than these kids, and he's in. Yeah, but he's not homegrown, is he? No, he's not homegrown. No. But you can see the but, talent play for Sanetiad. He's, he's yeah. more kind of Afghani black, really. Well, that's, that sounds a bit naughty. I don't mean it like no, that. I don't think you can say that. That was a drug joke, not a, not a, <laughs> a, a, a closet racist. He's... Um, a bit of Lebanese. He's been. We had a. I've got a French intern working for us, and he said that Zuma has been highly rated in France for three years, and we got a bargain for twelve million quid signing him. So yeah, he's he a did. great player, yeah, really did. good player. Yeah, he did. Um, so basically, I think you lot uh, would agree with me. You know, you don't want to risk winning a title or a cup or whatever just so we can have three or four kids that have come through the youth system playing right and, now. And it goes it goes around full circle to what we were saying earlier that Jose's got. 12 or 14 players that he really trusts. Yeah. And none of the youngsters are quite there yet. No. no. All I care is when they put on the blue shirt, they step over the white line, they give 100%. Yeah. Whether, you know, wherever they're from, homegrown, bought in, whatever, they've got to give 100% and they've got to love the shirt. I want to see the best 11 players playing for that particular match. Yeah. And as you said, Dan, I think a lot of it's attitude. That's what I care about yeah. most. I agree with that. And yeah, I would love to see any one of an Ake... I mean, I agree with a lot of the sentiments here because whenever I see somebody like Ake come on or Solanke or Loftus-Cheek or even Izzy Brown, I, I'm really excited. I desperately want to see them do well, like Joshua Crackran when he, he, well, yeah. he you know, he's came on. I mean, that, that match uh, that I sat up in the gods for in the East End against Newcastle and he was the best player on the pitch. Mm. And I had a real buzz about what I'd seen. I, I understand that. 
But, you know, not at the risk of winning staff and being one of the best teams But in the that world. wasn't under Jose, was it? That was Carlo. Carlo. But yeah. where my kick is now. Probably, probably these, these kids, they get this whole kind of celebrity status very young. Yeah. And his career's completely gone off the rails. Like, like Jody Morris. Yeah, it's a show about Jody. Although Jody, Jody, funny enough, he's coaching the youth team. Yeah, he had, a, he had, yeah, he had a decent um, career. I mean, Neil Wolfe, yeah, Johnston, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, where should have been, been? Could have been. been so much better. Yeah, could, it's could nice to see Jody, uh, Jody uh, doing the the youth team actually mm, because yeah. he's kind of a cautionary tale, and mm. he can tell them, you know, look, you don't want to end up like me because Jody had a lot of talent. Mm. You know, I think again, you know, it, it's it's it, it's uh, when you've got Jose Mourinho as manager, you kind of get the impression that. It, He's not going to let that happen, you know. He's not going to let these kids get get the big I am mm. and, and and blow it like McEachran clearly did, you know. I mean, McEachran's chosen Nando's over being a great Chelsea player, which I find very sad. Yeah, but hey ho, I think uh, that's a really good point to leave on. Apart from really just saying well done to the Chelsea youth that again. Was brilliant. I, w- I saw highlights. That's you fantastic. saw it. I saw. Yeah, Ross Ross went, but I was just kind of watching it on TV. It was fantastic. I mean, you really got so excited because it, it was Spurs. It was a local derby. We absolutely spanked them. And just seeing these Quite kids too, play yeah. Yeah. from one nil down on the night as well. Yeah, yeah. Phil yeah. was very excited and about that. He was si- tweeting me the scores. Well, um, oh, yeah. Tammy Abraham and Solanke have got sixty goals between them. Yeah, it's very Solanke, good. Solanke, you know, really good. Couple of quick uh, mixler posts to round off this part, which are very pertinent. But uh, Dan- Daniel Francis- uh, Daniel Francisco, a, na- a man whose name I always struggle with in a very Alan Brazil sort of way. Uh, he says, Jose is giving them the experience of being on the bench, home and away, and that is very good for them mentally. I agree with that. And Mike Harvey says, how many young players are starting for the last eight teams in the Champions League? Mm. Spot on. Lovely point to end that on. Right, after the break, uh, what are we doing after the break? Well, I'll tell you. We are going to be talking about the blatant hypocrisy of the media over Gerard and Skirtle's stampings. And we're also going to to debunk thoroughly uh, the uh, awful press rumour that apparently it's Chelsea's Fault that we're crapping, that everybody's crapping, everybody from England is crapping you. Chelsea's fault. So there we go. We'll be back in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Oh, yes! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. I am Seth Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and we're now in part four. And uh, I thought, by way of something slightly different, because I think we've done the whole game and all sorts of very interesting stuff tonight, boys. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I like the power power trio combo. I think we yeah. we get to have a little bit of a more interesting chat. It's a bit calmer. It is a bit more in depth. We don't sing a lot. We don't sing a lot. Uh, there is a great song going around, actually. Is there? Yeah. He slips, he stamps, he's off to join the, the Yanks. Gerard, Gerard. Gerard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, right, I'm talking to Gerard. Actually, it's a good, good segue. That brilliant segue, in fact. Um, I'm sure quite a lot of us actually watched the Man United Liverpool match yesterday, and uh, you know, and, and absolutely roared with laughter mm-hmm. at uh, this Queen Stevie uh, stamping. I don't know. It was. It was Herrera. Herrera. Yeah. I mean, it was such a ridiculous stamp, and it was actually really snide because it was there was no you know no nothing accidental about it. It was just a snide stamp, and quite rightly he got sent sent off for it. And 
The other one, of course, was Skirtle in the last minute. Yeah. Now, I, I, I watched that back, and it, the look on his face just told you everything you needed to know about that. He absolutely, 150,000%, went in to stamp I on De Gea. saw the determination he in his was like, face. He had that, I can't, this, yeah. this is that one of those cases where it's a shame when we're not on TV anymore. But the look on his face, he was like, he really wanted to do him. You could just tell. If you've played football at any level, you know. Skirtle did him deliberately. Yeah. And I have to say, I think somebody really needs to give uh, uh, Skirtle a big smack in the mouth. I mean, it's hardly going to make him any well, uglier. I think the FA are going to do that. Right? Yeah, he's got charged. It's so. hardly going to make him any uglier, though, is it, Mark? No, that's true. Voldemort. But somebody really should. Anyway, so the bottom line is Voldemort. He's just so ugly. I would yeah. love to see somebody really mess his face up even more. Well, too late for that. Um, but anyway... Um, so we've got Gerard uh, Stamp, and he gets sent off. We've got Skirtle. Which and then he looks at the ref and said, who, me? And yeah. everyone hit Martin Tyler go, oh, no. Why did he go, oh, no? When Gerard got sent off. He come like, yeah. he went, oh, no. Red card for Gerard. And he kind of thought natural reaction was like, you know. Natural reaction yeah. to laugh, wasn't it? Maybe his old nose in like shock. You can't do that. It's Stephen Gerrard is the nation's favourite. Yeah, there have been some very funny things mum, in the social it? media. Like, do you see his heat map? Yeah. There's a red line yeah. from the touchline yeah. to the centre spot and back off again. Very, very funny. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is uh, Gerrard gets sent off. That's an automatic three game ban. Um, Skittle uh, was missed by the referee, uh, and he has, it has actually gone. The FA have said charge. they're going to charge him. Charge, yeah. So he'll hopefully get a three game ban. But I, that is not the point. The point is this: is that nowhere, nowhere, not in, or not on Sky, uh, who didn't even discuss it, uh, not on, not on, not in the, not in the press, was there anything like the level of opprobrium greeting uh, both of them? Really, I mean, you know, both Gerard and Skirtle's actions. I mean, uh, when the press assassinated uh, Costa for mm. accidentally stamping on. Chan, uh, it was Costa Shane, Dirty Diego, Headcase, Stamford Bridge. Costa quite Christ. good actually. That's yeah. a man after my own heart wrote that horrible <laughs> pun. Uh, when Gerard and Skirtle do it, all it is, all we got was uh, the fact that Gerard came out and made an apology. So it's I'm sorry, Gero, all my fault. I'm so sorry, and nothing at all, absolutely nothing on Skirtle, which I think was actually worse. Uh, all I can say about that in true Forrest Gump style is at least Gerard was admitting fault for something, which of course is something that Scousers rarely yeah. do. Always the victims. It's, it's never, never your fault. fault. Well, apparently it is in this case. At least Gerard mm. fessed up. But they've all concentrated on the fact that he fessed up. So fucking what? Skirtle? Skirtle? Yeah. Mm. Talk about him. Mm. Get him banned. Like you've got Costa yeah. banned. What is mm. going on? Play ad infinitum on every single loop. No, I know. I barely got mentioned. So, I mean, you know, uh, I think the question really is, um, you know, is this basically proof? I mean, I think it's cast iron proof of utter hypocrisy from yeah. the media. But is it also cast iron proof about the bias? Doesn't fit the narrative, does it? I mean, fact is, Gerard absolutely had no complaints whatsoever. It wasn't. It was clear cut. It was the most blatant clear cut thing I've seen all well, season. He was lucky not to get a card for the tackle on on, on, uh, Massa, on Massa, Massa that he I did. I thought was a fairly he got just the ball. before, but it, 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 it was it yeah, was, it was about, a linesman who kind of said stamp. So it was a line, the referee didn't see it. Atkinson didn't see it. What a surprise! But the linesman said stamp, and he got sent off. And it's still the look of disgust and disdain on his face. Mm. It's and the had that been Terry and Costa. Well, I mean, it does it does beg the question, doesn't it? I think uh, Clive Lewis, uh, bless him, just came out of a good one here. The media reaction got me really wound up this morning. Skirtle hushed up, Gerard sympathised with. 
Yeah, and Rogers, yeah. Rogers came out and said oh, it, it was frustration. No, it's just stupidity. It's not frustration. No, I'm, I'm sorry, but Brendan Rogers is a complete uh, uber cop. Yeah. He's a oh, cop yeah, yeah. wobbler and an uber cop, and nothing that he ever says. I mean, he, he is such a low rent, poor man's, uh, you know, Mourinho. It's not true. He's he, a poor, he, poor man's AVB. Well, I mean, he just thinks he comes out with the most kind of, uh, ana, uh, you know, uh, anodyne stuff, and he doesn't. He's just an idiot. Yeah. I mean, he should have come out and really chastised. Is that the right word? Chastise yeah. works for me. Yeah. Chastise would be better. Chastise, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Chastise jail and say it's not acceptable. That's what you need to do. Make a stand. You can't then say frustration. No, I think it was a wee fining. bit. Fining. No, Gerard was a wee bit pumped up, you know. Yeah. We, we, we didn't make an attack. Should be fining him. Famine's over, man. We've got to pay his wages for a week for that. He's for being got, on the pitch for 38 about, seconds. He's got to think about not filing tackles, allegedly. <laughs> Good one, Dan. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not even sure about this either, you know. I mean, uh, massive, 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 massive reaction by Chelsea supporters on Twitter, you know, all day yesterday about it. Um, half of me wants to be equally uh, cross and upset and have a lot of fun about it. But the other side of me just makes... I, the, other, the other side of me says, well, it makes us look like a bunch of whiners and moaners. And, eh, not fair, because they're not as horrible to us as they are, uh, horrible to Gerard as they are to us. So I'm, I'm a bit conflicted, smart. Shouldn't be stamping on players. Well, I, I, no, you shouldn't be. I just, I, I think the one thing that pisses me off, actually, and I, I think there's, there's very much the sentiments that we've got. Yeah, there we go. Alison absolutely nails it. All we want is fair, Chidge. Mm. Absolutely right, Alison. Absolutely right. I think that's what really pisses us off I don't actually think it's a you know I don't think this is a whole kind of tribal thing about United or whoever I think it's just we want to be treated the same as everybody else or we want them to be treated the same as we are I think actually the first thing I said is, is more accurate that actually we just want to be treated fairly it's all consistency from yeah. decisions and I, and I think yeah. that you know what we've just seen with the hypocrisy from yesterday is that we're clearly not see Hazard did have a lot more goals this season if we were treated fairly. Well, I mean... Because we've had a lot more penalties, haven't we? Well, but, but, well we've had two penalties in yeah. season. I know. I mean, I don't know if you follow Sid Celery on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. yeah. He's bonkers, but I love him to pieces. Harry is a top, top bloke. And he's very he's as smart as a whippet. You know, but he's been pu- pushing that narrative for months and months and months and saying this is not normal. Hmm. Something is going on. Five penalties in the Champions League we've had. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, that 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 for me absolutely seals it, you know. But I think I think it, I think I think it's evidence that I mean, you know, it's, you say we're not being treated fairly. I mean, um, you know, Costa got a ban for three games. I think if we take our blue tinted spectacles off, <clears throat> whether he did it accidentally or not, it was a stamp. I think yes, okay, fair enough. You can see that. Uh, it looks like the same will happen with Skirtle. Gerard's ban is automatic. So actually you can say that from a, an officiating point of view, there's a level playing field. Mm. I think what we're really saying is that we're not being treated fairly by the media. Well, that's that's probably, what we're really saying. Probably what we're saying, yeah. To the extent, but the, what our problem is with the tackles like um, Aguero has got away with, Yaya Torres got away with over the last year. It's a consistency from the FA as well. Mm. The media have had a, a, camp, well, a campaign... I've had it in push for a long time, probably since Bambridge, because obviously, you know, money spoiling football, Chelsea this, Chelsea that. Going back to the Ken Bates days, we've never really been the press's number one club for various different reasons. He, uh, well, we, we haven't been since since I'd say I'd say the seventh. I think I think that I think the sorry to butt in, Dan, yeah. but I think the, the the seed was planted when we started 
uh, I mean, when hooliganism really started to hit its peak in the mid in the mid to late seventies, yeah. and then I think I think we basically became public enemy number one, by which I mean media enemy yeah. number one, and then Ken came along, mm. and that basically compounded it. Maybe worse. Uh, and then um, you're right. I think Abramovich, and I think we had Neil, we had Neil Ashton on the show years ago, and. You know, I, I I did a Paxman on him. I don't know if you were around. I was. Then. I was on that one. You, you were. You were. Yeah. Oh, you were. Hmm. No, we, we did the other one with the press. All of them. I don't think. You no, were I wasn't on that one. I was no. on the, when Neil Ashton was on the first time. I was there. Okay. Well, maybe it was that one. I don't know. But I did a bit of a Paxman on him. You know, because I just wouldn't let him go. Hmm. I listened to it. He wasn't coming out with why the media have a downer on the club, and in the end, he he kind of gave up, and he basically admitted that it was because of Bramovich bought the club and none of them like it because they think they, they think it's ruined football and I think the bigger thing for the press is the fact that they can't get access to him mm. and they basically have taken it out on us ever since because they can't get access to Abramovich and they don't like him you know so why how, many, not- how many club owners give interviews for the press anyway well you know Dave Whelan <laughs> <laughs> do you know I brought my leg in the 1962 FA Cup final mm. no Dave so, we didn't know that well, we've never heard that before so why have City not at the same level of criticism because they weren't first Dan no but you kind of think they weren't first and I think the other thing is is that you've got to remember and I've been saying this for years and years and years and years and years the entire media is infused with rose tinted spectacles for Man United Liverpool and Arsenal yeah and there is there are are the red tops yeah the reasons for that are that uh, Man United uh, are the greatest story in football because they lost the Busby Bates Tra- tragically, I mean, I've made, I've made, uh, uh, not, no, I wouldn't say films, but I've made documentaries where I've covered the Munich story, and you know, it is very moving and it is tragic and it is, it's a great story. That's what I'm saying. I've made, having made stories about the story, you can understand the appeal, and that's why they became the biggest club in the world. And then the whole Phoenix from the Ashes ten years later, yeah. it's a great story. And you know, if you're in the media, you fall in love with that and the style of football that they play and. A lot of the things they stand for, it's that deep-rooted. For a lot of journalists, they either grew up in the 70s when Liverpool were beating everybody in Europe, and in those days it was slightly different. If you were English, you loved that because it was England beating Mm -hmm. Johnny Foreigner. So either as a journalist you grew up with that, or you are too young to have grown up with that, but you look back on that as, wow, that was an amazing time for English football because Liverpool beat everybody in Europe. So that infects them. Arsenal have always had this reputation, completely wrongly in my view, of being the gentleman's club, of being great for football. Going back to the 30s, yeah. Herbert Chapman and all that bollocks. You know, they're more corrupt than any other club going, and they're a franchise. We all know that. But, How many sendings off under Wenger? And then there's Wenger, you know. And, yeah, but, you know, so basically the, those, those three clubs in English football uh, will get far more love from the press, and it's all to do with that. Um, you know, it's interesting that Tottenham don't, because in many respects, Tottenham... I mean, actually, this is the mark of Tottenham's uber-failure as a football club for the last 20, 30 years, because actually you could and should bracket Tottenham in with that, because they were the first club to win the double, they had the famous Danny Blanchflower kick-and-rush team, you know, they play football a certain way, they win cups a lot. I'm amazed that Tottenham don't get... Uh, as good a deal or are up there in that same bracket as United, Liverpool and Arsenal with the press right. because of that. And as I said, I think that's a symptom of how shit they've been for 30 well, the years. Fans are deluded. They're Liverpool. so shit. They've just yeah. dropped out. Do you know, it's, it's nothing to do with geography or anything. It's red shirts. They all wear red shirts. Do you think it's just reds? A red shirt. If Forest were the same, wouldn't they? McCarthy would have something to say about that, wouldn't yeah. he? <laughs> reds under the bed. <laughs> yeah. Forest only had like a small window of like two or three years, didn't they? 
of being a really good side. They kind of well, yeah, when yeah, but, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but here's the interesting thing: Cluffy chat on the press frequently, didn't yeah. he? So you know, maybe <laughs> that's why. And the Forest aren't the same breadth because they had their success for like three, four three, years, yeah, and yeah. that was it. That's it. Anyway, they, look, did, they did retain the, the European League, the European Cup. Like I know it. they did. Mm. I know they did. But you know that that you know Arsenal, Liverpool, and, and United, whether we like it or not, I mean, United, they are probably the three most successful clubs in England, aren't they? Yeah. Like, over the, the the whole breadth of the game. So, yeah. in the last yeah. hundred years, and I think maybe that's what it is. Maybe basically journalists, you know, like success and they like winners, but they like it if it's been going on for a long, 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 long time, and 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 maybe they feel that we haven't earned that right, that respect, because they think it's all new. Now, we know that that isn't necessarily the case, but it's an absolute fact. I mean, you know, we won one league title in 50 years, you know. that So that period from 55 to 2005, we won one league title. Mm. And, and you know, we won the FA Cup before Roman came a couple of times. Twice. Once, twice. But don't forget, Liverpool's success is even more recent than that. I know, I know. We, well, no, yeah, but they won a lot of titles in the in the dark yeah, age. When? Uh, well, they won a few before we were even formed. I think you'll find 80, some. Yeah, eighty nine, pretty pretty nine. I think they didn't they win the FA Cup in nineteen fifteen or something. Mm-hmm. Bramwich changed the landscape of Chelsea without question. And people just have not. Just anyway, like I, I hate to kind of rub this in, but we're now going to talk about. Um, actually, no, it's not rubbing it in because we're going to turn the table somewhat. I feel smart because you've done a bit of mathematical wizardry. I have because Tidge has done his fantastic bit of research. Let me, let me introduce it. I know you you're do, excited. Do, yeah. I know you're excited, but uh, you know the other thing that caught my eye this week in the press is apparently uh, because all of the English clubs have gone out of Europe uh, at the round of sixteen stage, it's all Chelsea's fault. Apparently, it's all Chelsea's fault <laughs> uh, because we didn't deliver. No. We got knocked out, so therefore English football is crap and can't cut it in the Champions League. But it's bullshit, Martin, isn't it? It is bullshit. And you're going to explain why. We, 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 we've carried, we, were the, we were the last club in Europe for each of about the last five, five years, I think. Uh, it's only this year that Everton took that crown. What crown was that? Of being the last team left, British team left in English yeah. team left in 24, Europe. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but she just spent hours and hours and hours <coughs> on the UEFA website. Uh, and and he's plotted out on this several pages of this piece of paper um, the the record in Europe of Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, City, and Liverpool since two thousand, and uh, it's actually a lot better reading for most of these clubs than probably people would think, to be honest. But to save actually reading through all this lot, what I did was just to to uh, sort of um, condense it a little bit, was to count how many times each of those clubs have made the last four in the Champions League uh, in the, since 2000. So you're going just semi-finals? Yeah. Just, right. just how many times they've made the last four. So semi-finals or finals? Since 2004? Since, well, since 2000. Since 2000? Since right. 2000. That's what you've got here. Since, yeah, since, yeah. since 2000. So, using so your, who are we talking? Using Liverpool? your raw data. All right, Liverpool. So we've got... Liverpool, we've got Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, City and Liverpool. Right? So if you count how many times each of them have, have made the last four. Man City? Zero. Mm. Arsenal? Two. Liverpool? Three. Man U? Four. Chelsea? Seven. Mm. So, who's not been performing in Europe? Yeah. What about the last five years? Uh, well, I haven't done that. I've got to read them out for the last five years, shall yeah, I? Yeah, let's read them out for the last five years. Okay, so Chelsea, 2011. Well, should we count this year? Yeah, let's count this year. 2011. 
quarter final. Right. Lost, lost to United. Um, 2012, Champions of Europe. 2013, we didn't make the last four, but we did win the Europa League. Last year, semi final. This year, round, round of 16. Okay, so for the same period, Man United. 2011, they made the final. Got thumped by Barca, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah who shouldn't have been there? Well, exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, nice. 2012, group stage. 2013, Round of 16. Last year, quarter final. This year, they weren't even in it. Yeah. That's pretty poor. Yeah. Arsenal. Just All of the last five years, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, they went out in the round of 16. But they would have been pleased they got through the group. Yeah, they get a trophy for that, don't they? They get a trophy for that, Arsenal. It's the only place you do. Man City, Europa League in 2011. Group in 2012. Group in 2013. And the last two years, they've been round of 16. Not over-impressive, really. They haven't quite got it, have they? Liverpool, well, they've only been in Europe three of those years. They went out in the round of 16 of the Europa League in 2011, the round of 32 in 2013, and the round of 32 last year, having having dropped down into the Europa from the group. So... I don't think there's much doubt about that, is there? Well, I think, is it, I think it reveals. I think it reveals lots of very interesting yeah. things. I mean, from a Chelsea point of view, and also from an English football point of view. So let's take the two, one after the other. I think from a Chelsea point of view, Dan, we've definitely not been letting the side down. No, I don't. mean, we know this anyway. We know that we're single-handedly responsible for the very good coefficient that we have, which actually keeps wanky sides like Arsenal in the competition. Yeah. Well, that's the proof. That, that's, that's the proof of the pudding mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Is our, our European coefficient, on which you get your seeding, if you like, decides which pot you go in in, in the draw. On that basis, Champions Arsenal League. don't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> I mean, Precisely. I mean, arguably... But we've got by far the highest. Yeah. I mean, for one of our one or two decisions and a penalty, we could have won it three, four times. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that year Barcelona did us, we were definitely beating United yeah. that final. Oh, yeah. question. So we could have... Well, but how, how, how stupid were United in that final, to be honest? Because Mourinho showed Ferguson how to play Barcelona in the semi-final. And what did he do? He went gung-ho and got punished. I think the other thing that they seem to, to, to have missed totally, if you just talk about Chelsea for a minute, 2012 we won it. 2013, okay, we screwed up royally, but we did win the Europa Cup. Mm. 2014, we were in the semi-final. Yeah. So we've only balled up one and year and lost yes. five. Under the manager, shouldn't probably been there, and under that that person from the retirement person from Spain. We don't like to talk about him anymore. Yeah. Um, he, he he should should sleep with the fishes. Mm. Um, and probably will be as the manager of Napoli very soon as mm-hmm. he carries well, on. Man City apparently. Yeah. Well, that would make me laugh. Uh, Let's not get me sidetracked down that sorry. one. Um, but, you know, I think we definitely pulled our way. I think if, if, you, if we broaden this out, because uh, I, I, I don't know whether they're, in a, whether they're right to be in a panic about this or not. I, my gut feeling is no, they're not. And the, the other thing that, you know, ir- irrespective of any stats that you and I can dig out from this spot, mm. uh, I, I know, like you do, that it's cyclical. You yeah. know, it wasn't that long ago that we had four semi-finalists. Or was it? Three. Three, three, out yeah, three, three out of four. Three out of four. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not that long. You know that the, the we had teams winning it, and I mean, mm. you know. So uh, my feel feeling is that it's, it's it's a load of bunkum and it is a bit cyclical anyway, and stop worrying. But the other is that actually there are some interesting things going on underneath that, and one is that actually I think we're doing very very well. We, we can hold our heads up high. Well, doesn't seven semi-finals in fifteen years tell you something? My, 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 my concern is that. There was a very, very good Manchester United team previously, 
and us. And now you look at City who can't seem to, they shit the bed every time they get into Europe. Liverpool shit the bed. Arsenal can't get past the last, you know, first knockout stage. So there are not any strong teams coming in to back us up. So we might find, I think it's two years before we have to start writing about coefficients. Yeah, I agree. So from that point of view. The other thing is, I mean, you know, A, as I keep saying, you know, we've been, we've, we've held our, our end up. I think actually Jack Faulkner on, on Mixler's come up with a, a stonking point. Uh, we've all, we have shown all teams in world football how to beat the big teams such as Barca yeah. and Bayern. Bang on, sunshine. Yeah. Uh, and Alison also says we didn't bloody lose either tie. We were the only unbeaten team in the Champions League yeah. this year. We just went out on away girls. I agree. Yeah. But I think just broadening it out for a minute, you know, for anybody who, who loves English football, um, if you just look beyond Chelsea, there is perhaps a, a cause for concern because Man United haven't been at the races in Europe since Fergie left, as you would Not absolutely understand. Uh, and, and one wonders how long it will take them. I mean, I know Van Gaal's a good manager. There's green shoots there, right? aren't there? Yeah. I, let's, let's assume that United get in the top four this year. They'll probably only scrape fourth, which means they've got to mm. go through the qualifying thing. Can you see that United team doing well in Europe? I can see them getting to knockouts. Depends who they buy in the summer. Well, OK. All things being equal. Can you see the current United team doing well in the Champions League? Yes. You can. I think Van Gaal is, is a very good European right. coach. I yeah, think okay. the domestic versus European, I think he'll set the team up very nicely. As Smart said, one or two players, they're not, they're not far from being a good side. That's an interesting shout, Dan. I, I don't, yeah. but uh, I'm prepared to take I them. I can off. see them not disgracing themselves mm. next season. Right. Um, and Arsenal, I, I just don't, you know, Arsenal well, are they're going you know, are they? they're serial failures. I mean, who's manager there next year? Yeah. Well, if Wang, providing Wenger's there, they go, you know, they'll finish fourth and they'll, party. Yeah, they'll finish fourth and then they'll just go out in the round of sixteen. Hmm. You know, and they get to keep the fourth place. Well, well they've been very consistent in the last five years in doing that. I mean, I'm tempted to say the man cannot manage in Europe, and yet, of course, they did get to a final in 2006, mm. and they've done absolutely diddly squat since. Yeah, they scraped through. I remember the semi final, they scraped through. They haven't tore up any trees in Europe, full stop. Um, Liverpool. Uh, nine, from, nine from 20, Belletti from two, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, look, Liverpool, who actually, until Rogers turned up, you would, would you know. They were kind of like very hit and miss in Europe, but they, they, you know, they would sometimes really, really deliver, to be absolutely fair to them, or they'd bomb out totally. But when they delivered, they really delivered. You know, I think Rodgers is just like so out of his depth. I think whilst they still have Rodgers as manager, they'll never do anything in Europe, even though they might have a very talented team. He doesn't know how to manage in Europe. He doesn't change he's not good team. enough tactically well, well he right? proved that last season at Chelsea. Exactly. He didn't need well, to win. And he's proved it again this season in Europe. Yeah, they dropped out. I mean, um, City... Are another one, you know. Unless they get a manager who knows how to manage in Europe, they aren't going to do very well. They consistently fail in Europe. They do not get or understand how to play. Okay, I know they've had Barcelona and Bayern and Real, and I know that's tough, but they're not putting up any sort of. Show. There's, there's another we... factor here, isn't there? What? When Liverpool won the Champions League in 2005. They finished seventh or eighth in the league that year. Yeah, well, like we did. And the, well, yeah, I know. But the only reason they got in was because they changed the rules so that they did, and we benefited from we that. We did because yeah. we came and fifth. Tottenham didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still the silver lining. Oh, are you watching White Hart Lane? <laughs> yeah. oh, are you watching White Hart Lane? But we we beat Barcelona in the very embryonic stages of our Champions League, so mm. you can. But you take your team up well. But this is what makes me cross, Dan, because the first time we were in the Champions League in 1999. In 2000, we, we, got, up on we, got, we, had, we were in the quarter final. Yeah. City, what's their excuse then? 
We didn't even have any money then. No. Yeah. And you we weren't, weren't too far from causing a shock at the new camp. So there we go. I, I think the bottom line on this is that, uh, you know, the others need to buck, buck, well, buck themselves well, they up. You know? just, uh, yeah. They don't. Well, they can't rely on us all the time. No, no they, they've got to try and play more like we did, really. But yeah, I think I should, do should deliberately fail in Europe for a couple of years just so mm. Arsenal can't get in, get in it anymore because they're embarrassing England when they do. <laughs> anyway, we could have a lot more fun with this, but we won't because I know Martin needs to get a train. Uh, so in a minute, we will be back for the last part of the show. Five parts, not six this week. It's like a reduced Ashes test series. <laughs> Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast. Right, we're back for the last part. We're going to have to whiz through this. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and this is the Chelsea Fancast, and I've been joined all evening by the wonderful Dr. Martin Boots and the equally lovely Dan Silver. And we're on the home straight, and uh, I hope my voice can hold out, because unfortunately I have to do a lot of talking now. Uh, I bet you're all... Did I miss the Guinness and Celery Roach? Mike, you kind of did. We, I, mean, I can't be asked to do them anymore. I really can't. I'm sorry, mate. You know, I mean, if you lot all kind of like, you know, uh, emailed me what you thought, or tweeted me what you thought, then I, I could be asked, but... I think I don't. I just got bored of it. We I did say? man of the match. We did man of the match, Mike, in the first part. I mean, you just have to settle for man of the match. All right. The trouble is, you have no idea the pressure to find and remember three moments of astonishing quality for a Guinness moment, three chants that haven't been sung before or actually sung at all, and three moments of stupidness. I mean, it's it's pressure that I just can't take anymore. Because unfortunately, we watched it all on on hooky hooky websites. And we weren't there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough of all that. Uh, quick roundup of stuff going on. First of all, Chelsea supporters trust talking of plugs. Uh, join the trust and get your voice heard by the club. It's five quid to become a voting member and it's free for non-voting members, but really it's better if you can vote. Uh, so sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com uh, and that means you can attend the meetings that we have and you can come to the events that we do. And more importantly, if you pay to be a voting member, you can vote on the issues that directly affect you and you can make sure that you get your voice heard by the club. Uh, now, we send out newsletters quite a lot um, and of course we have our CST reps um, I think I'm doing the Liverpool game actually but basically we have a rep at the CFC UK store before every home game so you can come and uh, you know have a chat with us tell us what you think about stuff or have a moan have a rant whatever get it off your chest we're have always you, there have you paid up because last week you hadn't I haven't paid up yet but <gasps> uh, I have a CST board meeting on Wednesday Martin but they might, they might, your shares might be in, forfeit in the Finborough Arms and I will be paying out not only my individual fee but the Chelsea Fancast affiliates fee alright oh, which is four times the individual fee Goodness. I'll have you know that's so, a pony it's alright I, I, I pay it for you you don't have to okay. pay me anything <laughs> So there we go. So go and join the Sports Trust. You know it makes sense. Now, uh, also, you should read CFC UK if you don't already. Uh, it is the best Chelsea fanzine by a long, 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 long way. Um, I'm penning an article this week because the deadline is on Friday. Uh, but you can get it at home games from the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. And, of course, you can get it at the away games. Just listen, cock your ear to the dulcet tones of... Aria! Aria Pound! There we go. And you'll find this funny-looking bloke with a strange hat on, hollering in your ear, demanding a pound from you. Or if it's in Europe, it's two euros. 
but we're not anymore, so it won't be. Now, uh, if you can't get it at the stall or at an away game, you can actually get it digitally. This is good for you overseas lot. Uh, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net, or if you're in the States or Canada, you can get it via colonialdistribution.com. Now, a couple of other thingy-bobs. Um, you may have noticed last night, peeps, that uh, our lovely, our mate, great mate, Paul Cannaval. I'm proud to say our Canis. great, great mate, Paul Cannaval, King Canners, um, had a kind of an adaption of the marvellous book that he and Rick Glanville wrote, Black and Blue, uh, on Sky Sports 1 yesterday at about 7 o'clock. Uh, and, I mean, you know, it's very hard to tell that incredible story because, I mean, if you read the book, you'll know that it's not just about Paul... Uh, being racially abused by you know by us lot by his own fans at the Palace game and all the abuse he took for several years playing for Chelsea, it's about the book goes into how he you know his early childhood and all of this kind of stuff how he made the grade at Chelsea yes the racial abuse how he overturned that very importantly focusing on the uh, three 0 down four three up big Doug Ruby fucked it <laughs> up la 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 all that stuff. Uh, and it then goes into what happened at the end uh, after Chelsea, where he he basically got uh, injured out of the game with a at nasty, the age of twenty five. Twenty five, yeah, crucial yeah. injury. Went into drug, got into drugs, depression, poverty. He had a, a ten different children by ten different mothers. One of them, uh, Ty, died in his arms nine weeks old. I mean, it is the most unbelievable uh, story. It really, really is. And in a fifty minute documentary, you cannot do that justice you can only scratch the surface but they did a very very good job I have to say um, so I'm sure it's on demand for those of us in England who have Sky I'm sure you'll be able to get it on demand there he's currently down under isn't he well I was about to get into that yeah he is um, but it's it's great but do read the real book the book is better phenomenal, than the book. phenomenal book it's the best book I've ever 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 read um, and as a, as a consequence of reading that book Paul became a really great mate and, mm. and I'm so proud to say that he's such a lovely bloke and he has been on the show more times than any other ex-player uh, we I mean he's been on it about six seven times now but on the third time we gave him a hat-trick ball which we all all signed so he's a great mate uh, and I for one hope that when he gets back from Australia he will come back on the show which will mean he'll have to come here so I better get some brandy in um, <laughs> but he'll come back on the show hopefully and he'll talk to us a little bit more but particularly about the show uh, about you know him being on that show but also about his trip in Australia and for those of you who are listening in Australia here is the news because you've already if you're in Adelaide you've already missed the first one yeah nice picture of, of um, you saw that Did you see this Chris Lar- with the blue room Chris Larwood well, yeah. you, you, there's a picture of him and Chris Larwood yeah yeah I haven't seen that yeah I was hoping that he would he would meet Chris yeah Chris he did is, oh, picture of brilliant him. Buddied up. Well, that'd be nice. Chris, tweet us or Facebook us or just email me. You know where I am, and and tell us tell us all about that. But uh, yeah, you missed him on the twenty first in Adelaide. Uh, But he is in Melbourne this Friday. The twenty. Sorry, no, he's in Sydney this Friday, the twenty seventh of March. He's in Melbourne on Saturday, the twenty eighth of March. Blimey, that's uh, that's going some to get from Sydney to Melbourne in a day. And he's in Perth on Saturday, the fourth of April. If you want more information about. Paul Cannaville's events in Australia, then email Adelaide at ChelseaAustralia.com, Gareth Hemmings at Hotmail.com, that is, I presume, for Sydney, Melbourne at ChelseaAustralia.com, and Aussie Dawn at OptusNet.com.au, that's O-P-T-U-S-Net.com.au. 
Uh, and as I said, hopefully Cannons will come on the show and tell us all about his, his travels down under. He's having a cracking time. If, if, you, if you're a friend of Paul's on Facebook, it's just every mm. ten minutes there's a new video. Morning. 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 One, Paul Cannonville. I love the guy. Brilliant stuff. Anyway, right. Uh, finally, 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 uh, Kerry Dixon, talking of people that were uh, on, on uh, the news media and stuff, Kerry Dixon did a My Sporting Life with Danny Kelly on Talk Sport last night, and it was fantastic to relive memories of Chelsea and Kerry in the 80s. Uh, it also actually revealed that Kerry's had a bit of a, bit of a tough time recently yeah. finding work and stuff, not least because of the scurrilous newspaper uh, headlines, you know, when he was supposed to have been caught for doing coke, which he was completely exonerated yeah. in the court He's of law. In the wrong place at the wrong time. He was indeed, and I love Kerry too. I've, I've met him several times, and he, he, okay. he's a top, top bloke. Can, I met him once, yeah, yeah. You can download it. Can I mention the place? Yes, you can. Yeah, download audible.co.uk. Well done, Dan, because I thought it was audio boo, and I'm wrong. Yeah. So there we go. Audible.co.uk. Audible. It should be down later on. Go and check week. it out, people. It was it was cracking two hour listen. Uh, better than two hours of this nonsense. Right, um, now, I just want to, before we wrap up the show, um, we got a huge amount of love from you lot last week uh, for being back on air, doing it like we are now, which is not on TV, which is just a few of us around a table, just talking about the club we love and doing it old school. Um, yeah, we all loved it, didn't we? We did. We loved yeah. it so much that we're back here this week. <laughs> yeah. Same same lot, the power trio. <laughs> yeah, no rotation here. No rotation here. I went with the same three rather than 11. Um, but we had so much love that I, I feel duty bound to read a lot of the love that we got out and my voice can hold it. Uh, we've got uh, tweets from loads of people. Mac Bergson at Proper Chelsea USA says, While I love Jonathan Kidd, it's great to have Stanford Chidge back for the Chelsea fan cast. Can't wait to have both back together. It will happen. Jonathan is ill as an old, ill person at the moment. Bless his heart. He's a horrible cold chest infection bronchitis. He's older than me. He's older than me too. Um, but uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. But I gave him the week off this week because I know he's not well. Mark Harrington at Chelmark100 says, I really enjoyed the podcast. Had it on between St. Peter's to Canaveral. I wonder if that's Cape Canaveral. <laughs> Mate, are you about to go up into space or something? I'm impressed. Glad you are back. Love the banter. Frederick, or at Grovsalt, says, At Stamfordshire, Chelsea Fancast. Love the old format. Next comeback. We're out to show the world the way to sing. Yeah. Great work. Keep it up. I might, I might let Mark do that. He likes to sing mm. songs. Yeah, I'll get him to think about that. Uh, at Portuguesa says, at Chelsea Fancast, at Sophie Rhodes, up the Chels. So good having you back. And last night's podcast was superb. The industrial language, definitely an improvement. <laughs> what industrial language? We never fucking swear. <laughs> um, that was very um, gratuitous, wasn't it? That? Gratuitous. Anyway, he says, welcome back, Chidge. Uh, Atlanta Blues, at ATL Blues. Stanford Chidge, good to hear you back on the podcast. Good news. Back to the original format. Keep the blue flag flying high. Uh, at D. Lundberg, or Dan Lundberg, to his friends. Great to hear the fan cast from your flat instead of the studio. Slight echo and honest opinions, as per quality episode. Slight echo. <laughs> you pay extra for echo. Um, Ramsey, at Shed, Shed Upper Man, says, Got to say, podcast excellent. No faffing about taking breaks when producer says so, ETC. Just good discussion. And HLBLER, or Hybert, says, and now I know this lad on Twitter. He's quite critical yeah. of us. He doesn't hold back. So if he says this, you know it's good. He says, great show, Stanford Chidge. Much prefer the current format to anything before. No yelling into the mic or drifting off subject. I bet you there's a lot of drifting off subject in the podcast, but it's nice to hear your thoughts. 
Branner's Boot or at VSBNPO says Stafford did enjoy the podcast, was never a fan of the TV show. So <laughs> you and Martin both. Uh, felt rushed and restricted. I, I, I know it was a bit, I know. Tim Delaney, also known as at Franco's brother, says just listen to the podcast. Great job, guys. Overland and Sea. Alexander the Cake at Lab North says Stafford Chidge been listening to the fancast for close to five years. So where were you for the other two? <laughs> anyway, today's was one Classics. of the best. Love the return to the real and raw format. And last but by no means least, Jordan emailed me to say, can't tell you how excited I am to have this show back. Thought you'd enjoy to know how much I love the show, despite being thousands of miles away in Seattle, Washington, USA. Too bad your TV show didn't work out, but uh, we can listen to the podcast. Oh, I can only listen to the podcast during work. Anyway, so not much of a loss for me. Keep up the great pod and keep the blue flag flying high. Jordan and everybody else that I've just mentioned, thank you so, so much. Um, I mean, it really is lovely to... <coughs> it's really lovely to know that you're, you love us being back doing a podcast, really smart. What do you think about it's that? It's nice to be loved. Yeah. It is indeed. Mm. Dan? Yeah, it's always nice to be loved. Good. I think we've uh, nailed that by saying it's nice to be loved. It certainly is. Now, time to go, people, but uh, make sure you send in some good stories and photos or just email the show during the week at chelseafancast at gmail.com and we will read them out on the show. Uh, so please remember to do that. No show next week, as there is no match, of course. Uh, so we will be back on Monday, the 8th, April the 6th, which is Easter Monday, I think, to report back on the Stoke match. And, of course, we will have the lovely, brilliant Dan Levine, Dan Levine even, uh, also known as Blues Chronicle on Twitter. Uh, so he'll be with us. A uh, very quick uh, thing I need to tell you about something called Mimi, that's M-E-E, M-E-E TV dot com, which is basically something a bit like Google Hangout. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to set up a fans channel on there and we can just do impromptu kind of fan cast but like a Google Hangout whenever we fancy it and then you can come and join in and you can interact with us if you've got a webcam at home which I'm sure you have uh, and it's going to be great so look out for that because there's going to be some special Chelsea fan cast stroke chidge communiques via the medium of mimitv.com but I will let you know more about that uh, later but Gaffer says, what about doing the show at the Imperial? No, Gaffer. Sorry, I like it here. Uh, right, now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast and make sure you check out the great blogs on our website, ChelseaFancast.com, where you can also find all the information on how to uh, listen and download the show. And don't forget, of course, to join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And don't forget to look out for my weekly articles in the International Business Times. Follow them at IBT or IB Times UK Sport and my monthly ones in CFC UK Fanzine, of course. And uh, I'll have a new IB Times one up tomorrow. Right, many thanks to the lovely Dr. Mark. Great to see you as always. Absolutely fun. great. Loved it. It's been a good one, Chid. Has very much enjoyed yeah. tonight. Dan? Yeah, another great show. Really enjoyed it. Superb. Lovely to see you too, as always. We'll be back on the 6th of April. Great to see so many of you in Mixler tonight. Lovely to, to read your comments. I, I know I didn't get many out, but I tried to get as many as I can out. It's great to see you as always. Love you lots. We will be back in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills!
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.